Bearcat Bounce Podcast, back at it again. Happy Monday. Yet again, another one. It means it's time for the BBP. It means it's time to welcome in my two greatest pals, two giant diggers of Bearcat football recruiting over the last couple of weeks, two guys who are excited to, to level up, if you will, to take their talents to the B12, the Big 12, that is, the P5. It is the quote-unquote P5 for all the, the Luke Fickle fans out there. And I'm going to bring them in for uh, for the two guys, my my good pals. It is, uh, of course, myself, Brent Young, and, and, and I'm joined by my esteemed colleagues, Aaron Smith and Chad Brettel. Aaron, Chad, gentlemen, how are we? Oh, whoa. Just whoa. me. <laughs> oh, Whoa. Remix. Uh, no, Chad's. Uh, he was affected by the storm in Cincinnati. I'm hoping that I don't catch some of that aftermath here um, during the podcast tonight. But he uh, he is rebooting his computer and will be in here momentarily. Yeah that 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 rolled through uh, my my work office in like a place called Greenfield. Oh, here he is. It's momentarily. Uh, it is. It's in a place called a Greenfield. Is where my office is. My day job. And man, it was hit hard. There were funnel clouds. It was a, a disastrous storm, if you will. So I'm sure now it's rolling through good old Cincinnati and should be heading into Athens anytime soon, Aaron. And I, I mean, he lost Chad, so I can't give him the how are we yet. And uh, we, we're waiting on a fourth guy as well. We, we do have a guest. Uh, for, you know, first time that he's really been on the show, I believe, is, is what we need to say, I guess. You know, first time since it's the uh, official notice of of uh, the, uh, the the B twelve, the Big Twelve, if you will. Uh, as Chad gets his things figured out over there, can't hit him with a "How are we yet?" But Aaron, you've been boots on the ground. Well, first off, we do need to say a big welcome and a big thank you to Danco Transmissions, DancoTransmission.com. Head over to Danco, mention the BVP, mention a little bit of a. Uh, Aaron Smith, a little bit of a Chad Brendel. Do we have Chad Brendel with us live now? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. It's 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 been a it's been a night already. Chad, how are we, my man? Uh, I drove home through a massive, severe thunderstorm. Those that are was fun. That was great. I really enjoyed that. Uh, and then I got home and and fixed dinner for my wonderful family. And and I guess the power blinked here for a minute. Uh, which meant that my computer had powered itself off and I was uh, unaware of that. So then after I finished my wonderful dinner from Finley Market, uh, I had to restart my computer completely and wait to log in. Uh, Brady will be joining us soon. Uh, they lost power at their house. He experienced the same thing, huh? So he's dealing while well, they they lost power. Our power blinked. Blinked, yeah. A little flick. His power is uh in the same situation mine was in <laughs> last Wednesday. Yeah. yeah. So it was well, nasty. I, it was nasty coming up. Yeah, I'll tell you I, that. Did you guys get that crazy sounding thunder too? That like ba boom, like like wild thunder. Some of the craziest uh, thunder I've ever yeah. heard. It was it, it wasn't good. It wasn't no. good. No, nothing little little Thunderstorms. What do they say? April showers bring May flowers. Well, yeah, it's June. A little behind on that. <laughs> a little bit behind on that. It's June. But, uh, but yeah, we are we are alive and well. So 
Chad, I got the how are we? We will be joined by Brady here soon. Big 12 Brady is what we'll call him when he uh, enters the chat. <laughs> Uh, but guys, you you've been boosting the ground uh, over there in the state of Ohio, Aaron, and, and Cincinnati, Chad. Uh, since you know the recent news of obviously the Big Twelve move was going to happen, but a definitive date now, Chad. You were at the press conference with John Cunningham today. Uh, didn't seem as if there were too much new news coming from that press conference. But what what were some of the main takeaways that you came away with as we wait for Brady? Uh, after John Cunningham met, met with the media kind of on this topic? Um, I, it was basically mostly what we expected. Uh, he's he's very good at, at not giving away right. uh, <laughs> uh, it, uh, too much information. Um, but he still answers that, every question, though. Yeah, he just he just is, is very he's, he's a compliance guy. Like, he knows yeah. how to answer questions without saying a whole lot of uh, meat. Right. Um, we, we did learn, you know, kind of some of the stuff we had gotten kind of wind of last week that uh, there would be a two year um, grace period where they would they wouldn't get the full share. Um, he said it would be more than double or around double what Cincinnati was making for the from the American for the first two years. I, I think that is significant. Like Rutgers got what, like eight years of like. Ramping up until yeah. they got a full share. Um, I think this year was maybe the first year. Or the first year that they yeah. did, yeah. And it feels like Rutgers has been in the Big Ten for almost Forever. a decade now. Tony uh, Pike since, played, since played the against Rutgers yeah. the last time they weren't, yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, it, it feels like Cincinnati's in very good position here. Uh, they're going to see a boost in revenue uh, immediately. And then 2025, when the new TV deal hits, they'll be at full strength. So that's the, the the cliff notes. We'll get into the other stuff after. Uh, after, yeah. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Maybe. Oh, my gosh. Loading. Gosh. Loading. Man, that storm. <laughs> that storm, man. It's like it's like Stranger Things, you know? It's got a little bit of – he's Brady stuck in the upside down, if you will, for you you uh, <laughs> recent recent buffs out there, the pop culturist, if you will. But, yeah, um, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that more, obviously, the – the talks of the expansion or just mention of it, obviously I think that was quickly extinguished and for good reason. Um, as, as far as Nippert stadium goes, uh, you know, I, I think the intimate fill that puppy up, uh, obviously, which leads to the, the other big news of the day, the Nippert stadium completely sold out for the uh, 2022 season. So that's a first time ever, I believe is what they were saying. So, Yet again, yeah, that's the first time they've sold out the entire allotment of uh, <laughs> this, uh, it's the first time they've sold out the entire allotment of season tickets uh, right. prior to the season, which just further evidence. Um, Aaron, as we're slowly conjuring our, our boy Brady, uh, what kind of have you know, you've talked with numerous people as far as it goes to this, uh, to the Big 12 mentioned, and then. Just seeing the the entire <laughs> edition of um, man Brady, come on, we believe in you. I think he hears us, so just we believe in you. Come on, Brady, pull through, he's, baby. He's trying. He's he trying is. diligently. But Aaron, don't you feel like the uh, the complete sellout for the first time ever? The entire allotment, kind of just a uh, 
exclamation point to a a building and and honestly one of the hottest colleges in all of America. Is anyone really surprised? Honestly, no. like, no. I mean, it doesn't hurt that Nippert's on the smaller side as far as stadiums go. Right. But that said, yeah, no one should be surprised right now that Nippert's already sold out. I mean, I'm honestly surprised it took this long. There's been a huge wave of momentum since the playoff as they went into the spring game, as they continue with this outstanding recruiting class, most recently with the addition of Amari Snowden. And why wouldn't you want to be involved as they're going into the Big 12? The Big 12 announcement became official this past week. And as all of those things happen over the course of the last several weeks, you know, of course they sold out. Because once they're in the Big 12, do you know how hard it is going to be to get a ticket? Yeah. So, yeah, you want to be part of – you want to be part of the inaugural season, you pretty much have to do just that. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We got him. Uh-oh. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> Whoa. And it's hard to hear. Brady. So I went, I went through this last week, Brady, last Wednesday night, and I think what you're experiencing is with your power out, everybody in the neighborhood is on their phone. Yeah, true. So oh, this, is, this is going to be a challenge. We we lost Mario. Do we have Mario? There it's is. a me, a Brady. <laughs> it's a B, a Brady Collins. Is, is it working a little better? Your audio is coming in a little better. Your video is a little choppy, but that's okay. If you want, maybe just turn the video off. Oh. Uh-oh. I'm, I'm going to try and give him tips and pointers. I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't actually, Chad, why don't you give him an actual phone call and let him know if he's either on Wi-Fi or. Well, he can't be on Wi-Fi. His yeah. power is out. So I was going to say get off the Wi-Fi if you were. I don't know. I mean. Man, but how about that teaser we just got? I, I don't even know what to make of any That's of that insane. facial hair. <laughs> For a second, I was like, is this, are we sure this is Brady? God. There is no denying that. That was impressive. But yeah, um. Hopefully this this power situation works on, but uh, someone who has all the power right now is the Cincinnati Bearcats. I mean, I, imagine going on that recruiting oh trip. <laughs> imagine going on that recruiting trip this past weekend with that Big Twelve news in hand. With the, I'm I'm sure the staff kind of had some inklings that fit the, the, that part of me. Nibbert was going to be completely. Oh wow! We got it. There we go. There we wow. go. Wow! Wow! Great. Fifth- Fifth time's the charm. <laughs> Crystal clear. Crystal clear. Dude, I'm I'm sitting on my porch. Um, I mean, that storm came through. Obviously, power's been nasty. out for the past past two hours. And, uh, you know, reading books with the kids, playing, uh, playing charades and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then I was like, I don't know where I'm going to go where there's light. But outside, it's kind of nice right now. So it's drizzling a little bit, but I'm I'm covered here. So. But it's a pleasure to see you see you all finally. I, I saw you from afar today. You did. Where where were you? Uh, I was walking into the John Cunningham press conference while you guys were doing speed oh, yes. drills on the on on the turf. Yes, running with chains, my friend. <laughs> of course, I, I have to ask. I have to before is Shaman? Is he is he sitting out right now? We haven't seen his name on the numbers. <laughs> is, is he slow? Is he slowing down? Have we, have we lost the power with Shaman? 
No, it's just, you know, uh, it's kind of like uh, Coach Fick, he keeps giving me crap, too. He's like, we're an O-line, D-line driven program, and we're putting all these fast speeds up here. He's like, where's the O-line, D-line speeds? I'm like, well, they're good. They're just not 22s, 21 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll have a fun little graphic for those guys on Friday on uh, power output and stuff like that. But, uh, no, Shimon's doing great. It's just, you know, Miles Montgomery, other big-scale guys are – you know, stepping up and Chuck's flying around Rhino. Um, you know, even young Dingle was uh, running up there with them. And, uh, you know, again, some, some days you're going to be in the top, some days you're not. And you know what? That's all right. People got tired of seeing a tight end up there in the top speeds. They're like, nah, we can't. Well, that's that what, you know, it was good to have, uh, good to have Wiley back up there, you know, full, fully getting after it. And, you know, what's really impressive I was telling all my guys is uh, is seeing Will Huber up there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but that's it, not uh, something it you was. would have ever predicted three, four years ago that Will Huber was going <laughs> to turn into a speed guy for you. No, I think it's just uh, I think it you know for him it's been you know really finalizing his body weight and what he wants to train at, what he wants to play at. I mean, he's been consistent with it, and you know, he's the leanest he's ever been. He's the strongest he's ever been. And now, yeah, I mean, obviously he's the fastest he's ever been and he's, he's 250 pounds and he looks great. Well, if you can't tell guys, uh, man, myth legend Brady Collins has joined us. Uh, we're going to call, call you big 12 Brady for just this, this one show. <laughs> and we're going to let that pass after this, but uh, Brady, I can't let us go any further. If people are watching live on video, if they're going to watch it on YouTube, I, I think we have to address the, uh, the elephant in the room right off the bat here. Uh, you know, this, this new look that you're sporting. That, to be honest, at first I was like, wow, what's he doing? But the more I look at you, it looks pretty doggone good, man. It pretty looks pretty thick. good. You know, it's yeah, a, coming in real thick. My wife calls it a Western porn stash. So, okay. uh, but uh, no, I mean, it, it just, uh, you know, um, right when we got back from the strength conference in May, I didn't shave. And then I was just kind of messing around and I left my mustache. And then a bunch of the players were just like, coach, let that ride. And I'm like, all right, I'll let it ride. So uh, it's been riding now, and uh, we'll let it keep riding for a little bit. But uh, I mean, it's getting long, you know. But hey, whatever makes the boys happy, I'm good with. The kids love it. My, you know, my youngest always comes up and says, "Daddy, I must ask you a question." <laughs> That's awesome. For those listening on the pod, it's it's a mustache with what's that called? Is that a soul? Fu Manchu. Fu Manchu. There you go. Uh, Thank you. I mean, not really. You know, not quite. I can I can never clean shave like my chin. I would just all look like twelve. But uh, I always leave a little something here. You know, it's just kind of my look. I don't know. Flavor saver. Yes. Flavor saver. (laughs) Soul patch, whatever it is you want to call it. Yeah, I think when your camera wasn't working, like it, it really did look like Mario was was on the screen. I think we were all a little concerned at first. So now that we got you in, in HD, it looks good, man. It looks real good. I look exactly like my dad. Oh, okay. How's he feel about that? Oh, I'm sure he feels great about it. Proud as shit. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, well, Brady, happy uh, belated birthday as well for those oh, out there that didn't know. It was. Uh, Gave you a nice sent you a message. I was having a fun night myself. I was hoping that you were as well. So exactly, it, was, uh, it all connected on different wavelengths. But let's let's get back into kind of the numbers and everything that that Chad's already mentioned a bit. Uh, I wanted to point out one name in particular that I I feel as if he he joined the team in spring ball, 
and his, you know, and, and workouts in there and, and other workouts around there, his, his name wasn't really cropping up in the, uh, in all the things that you posted and, and, and whatnot, but you know, it seemed like he was getting the ropes down, getting, getting everything acclimated. And that's Nick Mardner. Nick Mardner really seems like he's kind of really joined those top speeds. He's been a dude of the week before is, is, is it more of a comfortability thing with him or has he really taken this development and, and taken the next step as far as he goes? Yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's everything. I think it's uh, one, just a huge testament to him and the, the work that he's putting in, um, you know, getting acclimated to the way we practice, the way we train, the way, the way we do everything. And um, you know, not, no disrespect, but he's never trained the way we do in his life. And, you know, he got to us, he was 190 pounds and, you know, shoulder, um, you know, had some prior issues with the shoulder and had a little bit with his groin. And, you know, we worked through him, work, work, you know, get him going. And then all of a sudden he's put on 20 pounds. He's 210. He's still pushing to, you know, be 215, 220. And again, not rocket science, but when you're stronger, you're faster. And um, he looks really good. He's doing a great job, trains hard. Um, and again, just uh, just really beginning to scratch uh, the surface of, you know, what I think he's ultimately going to do here. And here we go. As, as Chad Chad brings up the the top chain speeds, I Can, brought that up. Okay, Aaron, <laughs> that's wow. Aaron. You guys, it's all Aaron. Aaron. Producer extraordinaire, as Chad says. So, can can you peel the curtain back at all for us and kind of explain what the top top chain speeds means, or is that something we need to keep under wraps? No, I mean it's just uh, you know it's one of the things we do. Um, the guys will run with chains, you know, weight weight resisted. Um, acceleration runs and uh you know if uh if i'm a skill and a big skill guy i'm gonna i'm gonna run with one chain behind me which you know weighs about 15 pounds and if i'm a big boy obviously i'm not gonna run as far because i never run far as a big dog i'm gonna run with two chains so i got heavier weight that i'm pulling and uh you know we'll run um one rep down could be 10 yards for the bigs could be 20 25 for the skill or big skill and then uh, they get a little rest. They run back with the chain. They get a little rest. And then they run um, a rep with no chain. So, you know, it's kind of like a bullet in a gun. You should fire out, feel real smooth, and run through. And they get a nice little rest. Another wave goes. And um, we do three rounds of those. We did nine of them today. And it was uh, it's very juicy. The playlist is only two chains during this drill, right? <laughs> uh, it's a mix. It's a good variety. Friday was a Top Gun Friday, and we didn't have chain sprints, but there was a lot of Top Gun playing. Fair enough. You loved that movie, didn't you? The new one. I grew up, well, I almost cried. I mean, uh, <laughs> I saw the movie by myself, which I've only seen like three movies by myself in my life. The Dark Knight. Ooh, um, Great movie. The first Superman, Man of Steel, with Kevin Costner in it, which was really good. Okay. And then Top Gun. And, uh, you know, again, I grew up on that movie. I grew up on all those 80 movies. But uh, my uncle, who just recently passed in January, he was a fighter pilot. He was, um, you know, he was Tom Cruise. He was Maverick to me growing up. So, you know, it really hit, hit, hit home in a lot of things. But I mean, I'm not going to lie. As soon as I'm sitting in that theater and that first um, Top Gun theme song comes on in the screen, I was like, oh, man, goosebumps. But it was Danger awesome. When, when Danger Zone hit? No, when the theme song. Just the theme. 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 The theme. Yeah. Yeah. So so now it the the mustache makes sense. It all makes sense. Wow. Uh, no. That just that just kind of goes into it. Okay. Okay. Well, you look good. But yeah, I I mean, so 
let's let's bring it all back. Top Gun speed, everything like that. You mentioned in the trenches. Uh, let's let's talk about that a little bit because the fact is, the team returns all five starting offensive linemen, and that that could lend someone to be a little complacent and, and kind of know that they've got a starting role solidified. But what have you seen so far in the offseason that kind of says, wow, this this group still has a chip on their shoulders. This group is still fighting to get better, and they're going to take another step, and next season they're going to be even leaps and bounds better than what they were this past year. Oh, I mean, I think the, the tone is set every single day with the leadership. You know, you got uh, veteran Dylan O'Quinn, who, you know, just sets the tone every single day in every aspect that we do. Um, you know, young Jake Renfro, who's right there as well, setting the tone, holding guys uh, – to the standard of the program. Um, I'm seeing a big change, changes in James Tunstall. I mean, holy cow, just, you know, his body, his strength, the way he's moving. Um, you know, and again, I think a full year under the belt and really embracing this program and the culture, I think it's, he's, yeah, it's benefiting him. Um, Cam Jones is on a mission right now. His weight's down. He's strong. He's bending. He's moving well. He just, I mean, he's on the play hard board, which is huge in our program. Um, you know, just a lot of good things going on. That new D'Artagnan Tinsley really starting to come along, you know, very similar to Nick, guy that came in, wasn't used to everything. Now he's really grinding. Um, and the young guys, you're seeing a lot of growth from the young guys. You know, the second-year players of, uh, you know, Landon Fickle, the Mal Glens, um, those guys really starting to kind of, you know, transform their bodies and, you know, really kind of start to, you know, set the standard for younger guys even coming in behind them because – um, you know, it starts at the top, but it also, it's got to breathe from the bottom. So, but it is, I just see, uh, see a lot of big time stuff. Gavin Gerhardt. I mean, he's, he's tearing it up as well. Um, it's just, you know, Johnny Williams, Joe Huber, they got, uh, you know, they got hella engineering classes. So some days they can train with the group. Some days they got to come early. No big deal. They still get after it. It's, uh, you know, I joke with Mike Cummings all the time. I'm like, you're going to have fun at camp because, you're going to have a lot of hungry dudes fighting for spots, and that's it's not a bad thing. Uh, some of the names you mentioned are guys that weren't able to play in the spring game, so good to have some of those guys back and and sounds like potentially going full go. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, obviously Jake had his hip taken care of after the bowl game, and that just kind of nagged with him all year, but he's rehabbed like a, like a motherfucker, and, uh, you know, he's pushing us and pushing my coaches and Aaron and the training staff every day, and, you know, again, he's one of those guys kind of got to pull back on the chains, and um, but he's he's doing awesome. He looks great, body fat's down, his body weight is great. He's strong, he's flexible, he's squatting again, doing all the things. He's healthy. Um, just a lot of a lot of powerful momentum going on. So as as far as you know, timeline in the off season goes, because we're going to touch on every just just to prepare you to get your mind racing a little bit. We are going to ask you about all the newcomers that have come in one by one, kind of just your first impressions and whatnot, but kind of give us the timeline as far as where we are in the off season and kind of what, you know, your goal is at this time of the year. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, right now it's, uh, it's today was the freshman's like real first uh, run and then a lift. Uh, Cause all last week they were in every day, you know, we did our day one eval and, um, testing day two, you're teaching. It's real slow. The music's not even on, um, you know, day three, same thing, more teaching real slow day four. You start to kind of do a little more, but still kind of slow. Uh, that Friday was kind of like their first taste 
of a you know of a of a real lower body lift but not full tilt and then uh you know a bunch of them came in saturday for a little extra stretch foam roll because they needed it you know but uh today was their first real day and uh, i thought they did really good i think uh as a group you know they're just they're doing the biggest things that really matter and they, they listen they listen with their eyes and their ears and uh you know they're not talking much and um very coachable and just you know again they're excited to be here they you know they know the expectations and um been really really impressed with them so far now the first uh the first newest bearcat that i wanted to touch on is the highest defensive commit ever in the school's history and that's mario Eugenio. and i know we were all excited about his size and when he did commit but what's he been like to work with starting out of the gate he's done a really good job you know he came in he's about 238 pounds which is a great you know starting point his body fat wasn't too bad uh he's flexible um he's got a little strength to him he's got a little twitch moved well um, but again, you know, these kids aren't ready yet for the way we do things. So, you know, as you watch from afar, slowly introing them and teaching them, you know, he's catching on and he's a guy he is, he's eager. I mean, you know, those kids trained at six 30 this morning and they're out there watching the last group do the chain sprints and all that stuff. And Mario's over there with his shirt off. He's going, what do you think coach? Can I jump in with these guys? And I was like, uh, not yet, <laughs> not yet. But, Easy uh, tiger. Exactly. <laughs> you like you like to see that, you know. I mean, I call them uh, I call them the bear kittens right now because they're not yet cats. So, but uh, he looks good. He's gonna he's only gonna look even better through time. You should you should try baby binturongs. Wow. What's that? Wow. The the, the young ones, baby binturongs. Oh, yeah, that that's a bear cool. cat. It's a binturong. That's true. A binturong. It's just, true. Just a bunch of Lucille's out there. Yeah. Yeah. Just <laughs> little Lucille's, baby binturongs. Well, it's not quite cool. as. It's not quite as snazzy as baby bear cats, but it, right. bear kittens rolls off the tongue a little easier than baby binturong. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and someone who was walking across the street would probably be like, "Are are you all right, sir? What are you are you stuttering or binturongs?" Yeah. Anyway, 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 Brady, you're talking bear kittens. Well, this is probably one of the bigger bear kittens that that uh, the the cats have on the entire team. And in Big Shep, what uh, what have you seen out of the big fella, his his first week on campus. Uh, again, very humble, great raised young man. Uh, I think the most thing, most impressive thing that you know I'm pleased with is you know a couple months ago he started working with our sports nutritionist coach Russo, and uh, wow, did that do wonders for him because you know he was a lot bigger, uh, you know a couple months ago, and you know his first day he was three eighteen, and again moves well, can bend flexible, strong, um, you know, nowhere near what he's going to be someday, but, you know, a great, a greater uh, mold of clay than what he would have been or had been if he came in weighing what he used to weigh, but uh, doing really good, really good. Future is very bright. Oliver Bridges is a kid that I got a chance to talk to quite a bit through his recruitment process. Maybe the deepest voice of any Bearcat. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you feel that way or not, but he's he's definitely got to be up there in the top three, top five. Um, I know his dad was a track star. Um, I don't know if you knew that, knew that or not. Yeah, um, I'm assuming you did. But uh, what's he been like thus far? If Oliver has the deepest voice, then Rio has the highest voice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
No, Oliver looks great, man. I call him OB, obviously, naturally, Oliver Bridges. Um, but he does. He looks really good. And, uh, you know, again, obviously, yes, a track guy, you know, long, very tall, um, got a little little strength to him, a little quickness, a little speed, all that stuff. But, again, just a very humble, well-raised young man, very coachable. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's, he's going to look a totally – Totally different here soon, but he does. He looks he looks really good for a true freshman. And then next, Chad, did you do you have something? That, okay, no, go cool. ahead. You got you guys are driving the car. I'm just in the passenger seat. Watch when that camera comes on. I said, "Oh, Daddy's ready." Look, there's there's a lot that's been going on here in the Bramble uh, household. Oh. We had power <laughs> flash too. Like I I didn't get home until right before the show started. Like I, I'm handling a lot of different things. I'm enjoying letting you guys right. uh, take the wheel. You might, Just you remember, might be with – go ahead. It's it's not the plane. It's the pilot. How motivating is that lyric? I mean, that okay. quote's unbelievable. Okay. That's why you got to have good co-pilots. It's true. Good wingman. Here I am. Here I am. Wingman you guys one. might be solo next week. I don't know. Oh, uh-oh. I don't know. Who knows? I'm, I'm going to be in LA. Like it's going to like maybe we we're, we're talking about going to San Diego to catch a Padres game. Oh, possibly. San Diego. Ah, well, that will start till ten o'clock Eastern time. We'll just start at seven. We'll get it wrapped up. Just I believe two the Germans from out. Go ahead. Yeah, I believe but, the Germans refer to it as a whale's vagina. Yes, well, that is lost true. in translation over many years. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> what a beautiful movie! But uh, know. you know, uh, just just a quick sidebar about you know driving home in this crazy storm. The, some of the craziest storms I've had is is that little you know that on seventy four that Indy to Cincy route. Sometimes after yeah. a, a basketball game, I'll be driving home at like eleven p.m. And it, it's like I'm driving in, like, Star Wars with, like, the stars coming at you <laughs> with the amount of snowfall, and I'm just powering through. And it's just a little scary some days. But, like, you know, like Brady said, it's, it, it's not the plane. It's the pilot. So uh, just just tr- trust your eyes and, and roll with it. Speaking of trusting your eyes, the next guy that we're going to be touching on, he's going to be trusting his eyes and his arm quite a lot in his career with the Bearcats. That is one uh, Luther Richardson. One of the most talked about recruits from this class. How has he been able to mold himself in? Did you are you sliding him in and, and, and telling him, hey, you gotta be a leader of the class and whatnot? Or or, or has he assumed that role? What what all is Richardson bring so far this year? Uh oh. Uh oh. Brady. We're we're picking up heavy birds. Has he been compromised? I think Brady <laughs> might have been compromised. Oh no. The enemy, he, the enemy he, came in he, and got him. He mentioned the uh, mentioned the um, anchorman quote, and maybe that, that rubbed some pot the wrong way. So, nope. um, well, well, <laughs> he got he's. Oh, there hey, go. there he is. We thought there maybe the happening. we thought maybe the enemy came and got you. No, never, never, never. Too, I'm sorry, I missed. All bad. I heard was uh. Ooh, uh e- that's what I was saying, Brady, pretty much was uh yes. walla, 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 walla. so go ahead and decipher that and give me your best response. No, I'm, joking. <laughs> I'm joking, but no, I said the guy who's gonna be trusting his his eyes and trusting his arm a lot in his career with the Bearcats, uh Luther Richardson. What uh, what do you have to say about 
Luther and how he's kind of just uh, shown in the first couple of weeks. I mean, very, very obviously well put together, uh, raised the right way. I mean, great, great family. Father was a former NFL strength coach. So, you know, no doubt everything this kid does his rep integrity and his knowledge and experience in the weight room is far greater than anybody that's, you know, ever come in to the program. Um, you know, every bit of 225 pounds, thick, uh, lean, but just looks really good. And, uh, you know, again, one of the cool, unique things about him, and I, you know, I told him this one day was, uh, you know, he, he has some of those intangibles that I've only seen as a young, you know, first week freshman quarterback, especially in two people in my lifetime. And that was Dak Prescott and Des Ritter. So I said, if we can harness that and keep, you know, enhancing and being true to who you are and said, we're going to have something really special. So he, uh, he's, he looks really good and he's, uh, really excited to be here and get going. Love to hear that. Yes, uh, another newbie, another kid out of Florida, actually, um, as we, not the first Florida kid we've talked about thus far. Uh, Marcus Peterson is here now with the class and, uh, what's he been like thus far? I compare him a lot to like uh, Shimon last year, you know, a kid that comes in, he looks, I mean, he's got size, he's got length, um, but very similar to Shimon. Never seen a weight room, never smelled a weight room, doesn't know what this is, doesn't know what that is. But just like Shimon has been a sponge and is just absorbing all the coaching and uh, the technique and, you know, just doing an unbelievable job. And I think it's going to be scary, scary to see how his body translates because he is tall, he's long, um, and he can move really well. He's springy, he's twitchy. Um, so I think it's going to be a fun Fun evolution here for Marcus Peterson. So, uh, next guy, I, we we kind of touched on this a long time ago, Brady. It was in a long distant uh, podcast when when we mentioned what you would do with a six foot seven, two hundred fifty five pound football slash wrestling player who was coming into the weight room with 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 that kind of kind of mold of clay. Ethan Green, man, talk about what he's looked like. And kind of your plan for, for a man of his size. Yeah, he is. He is very tall. He's very long. Um, big hands, big arms, all that stuff. And, again, another guy that can bend. Thank you, coaches, for recruiting guys that are athletic and can bend. Makes our jobs great. <laughs> but, obviously, you've got those, you know, in the past and still that you got to work with, and that's our jobs as coaches. But, right. uh, you know, I really like Ethan. I think he's kind of uh, it's kind of different. He's kind of weird. and I love weird. Weird, weird loves weird. Aaron and, uh, knows Aaron knows how weird Ethan is. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I messed with him. And, uh, you know, at first I, I don't think he realized, like, you know, who I am and how I mess with guys. Right. And I actually even told the whole group one day, I'm like, look, guys, I'm going to mess with you all the time. Like, that's how we're going to have fun. Like, you better mess back with me. Like, it's what it is. And uh, I think once he kind of realized that, he's, like, kind of been a little more loose. But, uh, again, he, he's very coachable. Um Trains, trains really well for, you know, just a young, early uh, freshman just getting started. And uh, I think he's going to – he's just going to put on good weight and be a big, strong, lean, tough, and nasty alignment. Yeah, but when I did my uh, my first interview with him for his commitment, I think we talked for 45 minutes. And that was <laughs> – that was no easy interview to try and, and transcribe. Yeah. <laughs> um, next guy, uh, he's had some – 
some stuff uh, going on at home as his his mom. He's put out on Twitter his mom had cancer. Um, but another Florida kid, Quincy Burroughs, um, he is trying to raise money. I, I, we've mentioned it before, I think, on maybe one of the nightcaps or something. Um, but did want to put it out there again that uh, they are raising money as his mom is battling cancer. Uh, but Quincy Burroughs, another fast kid from Florida. So what's what's going on with him in the weight room? Quincy looks great. Um, again, another kid that just kind of stands out, um, that is doing everything the right way. He's listening, very coachable, um, got a lot of shit to him. His body looks good. I mean, he's 199, 200 pounds. Oh, and, wow. Uh, you know, again, he might have he trained, you know, in high school, probably, you know, right before he got here, but not the way we are and we do. But he's adapting very fast. Um, he's having fun. And uh, I'm super excited to just see how he takes off because, you know, he's a guy that just kind of strikes me. And I, and I know it'd be extremely hard because we're so blessed at Whiteout. But just a guy that, who knows, you know, maybe could make some moves come camp and, uh, you know, find a way, whether it's special teams or something, because, you know, he just he just has this little twitch. And, you know, like I said, great, great young man, raised, raised extremely well. Um, very excited to see what his future holds. I had a chance to talk to him at, at one of the camps for a while. Very curious kid. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he his question to me, Brady, he's like, I got a question. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, boy, here we go. He's like, how do you guys find out that, that we committed before we announced that we committed? <laughs> and I'm like, I, Little birdie. I'll, tell that, I'll tell you that, I'm going to have to kill you. So, <laughs> I, you just say you're guessing. <laughs> we have, like, I, I said, look, I've been doing this for 16 years. Yeah, I've been in the media for over 25. If I can't figure things like that out, I'm not very good at my job. <laughs> <laughs> but like, that's a hell of a question from it is. a kid I had known for like three minutes. Like yeah, he was, yeah. he had been clearly been dying to meet someone in in my field. Yeah, to ask them like, how did you know that I committed before I announced that I committed? And it was like, it's like I it's, I could tell you a funny story about him today. I mean. Not funny, but just kind of, you know, says a lot about him. So, you know, we got the jugs machine down in the weight room and uh, we got a chart in there. And I just, I challenged, you know, hey, wide outs, tight ends, running backs, see who catches the most, the most balls, you know, when you're not doing field work and all that stuff throughout the whole summer. And uh, he saw me in the hall. I was, you know, in there talking with Michelle and Aaron in the training room and I'm walking out and he's like, coach, he's like, hey, is the jugs machine down there? I was like, absolutely. He goes, bet, I'm going to come down there. And I said, well, you can only come down there if you bring Marcus with you. And he goes, all right, cool. So he grabs Marcus, and him and Marcus were down in there for an hour, just catching balls, having fun, vibing to music. And I was just like, that's that's some, that's something right there. That's awesome. Wow. That's, if, I, if that story's funny, like, then I'm cracking up right now. That is, <laughs> yeah, I, I spent about 20 minutes talking to the two of them at camp. And uh, it, it was it was a really good like vibe session, getting you know back and forth with those two guys, and it's like all right, right these these guys are fitting in, they're comfortable already. I yeah. think that's kind of the key. Well, and they used to be ops, like their their high schools played each other, so they're not unfamiliar with one another by any yeah. stretch. You could tell they had they had had a quick friendship. Legit size with both of them too, Brady. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't believe that's he's not, already up. I can't believe he's already up to two hundred. That's crazy. that's not what wide receivers look like coming into this program. 
Quincy a six one and a half. I mean, one hundred ninety nine pounds on day one. And, uh, you know, Marcus was six six three, two hundred and like two pounds on day one. And it's just like we got something to mold here. Yeah, yeah. In the jugs right away. I love it. In the jugs. I love it. I love it. Uh, uh, someone. I'm... Oh oh oh. You want me to go? You go. No. Let Aaron let Aaron get his in. Right he there. might we might lose the storm is now in Athens. Well, so. no, it, it's Brent's turn. It's Brent's turn. I was jumping out of line. Oh no. Well, you, okay. Well, I I just want to say sincere Lewis is a guy I got eyes on at spring practice. Good body, good build. Look looked like a, a, a quality player that's gonna make make some big waves. Another defensive back kind of in the lines of him is Patrick Body, who who was uh part of the other you know wave of freshmen to come in that weren't early enrollees. But is, is Pat Body kind of along the same lines of this this guy that's looking already primed and ready to uh, to make an impact at the next level? Uh, I'll do. I'll do. I'm going to answer that in two parts. You ready? Okay. First ready. one, because you said sincere, and uh, I don't know what it is. Sincere is a kid that just always stands out to me. Again, this is his class. You know, same mm-hmm. group of guys we're talking about. He just wasn't early enrollee, right? And uh, you know, came in what 190 pounds, and uh, you know, I always mess with him. I just look over. And I know he's like, you know, he'll weigh 211 one day, 213. And for like the past, you know, like two weeks, I'm like, you 215 yet? You 215 yet? And like, I'll look over at him during his lift and he'll kind of do whatever. And uh, so, you know, today he comes up and he's like, you know, he's flexing. He goes, coach, I'm 215. And I was like, (laughs) dude, I was like, that's all. I mean, I'm telling you, this kid looks unbelievable. He's put on 25. Yes. He's put on 25 pounds um, of pure muscle. He's a great kid. Um, you know, from, from up there in Kalamazoo and just, you know, just is, he attacks everything. He's awesome. And, uh, so just so proud of him. I, I'm, I love how he brought up his name cause I am, I'm very proud of him, but, uh, uh, Peabody, I don't think has done much since, you know, whenever graduation or whatnot and all that stuff, because, um, he got here a couple of days later than the other guys, which no big deal. Graduations are different here and there. Right. Um, so he did his testing. You could tell that day kind of got to him. Um, and it's not that hard. It's just, you know, your anxiety, you're on campus for the first time you're with everybody. Um, second day, you know, learning and stuff, did a good job. His first Friday of, you know, kind of doing a somewhat of a real workout, but not full throttle. He did. Okay. Um, you know, again, he's, he's a very, uh, long, very long, skinny, you know, 160 some pounds guy, but uh, can move, has some twitch to him, has some speed. And uh, again, they can't all come in ready to rock and roll or, you know, take off right away and physically and neuromuscularly adapt. You know, it takes longer for some, takes shorter for some. The writing's still on the wall for him, but, um, you know, I would just say a little bit, he's just a little behind, I think, because maybe he didn't have much exposure before he got here, but he's doing a good job. So John Thompson was a guy who had some injuries uh, his senior year of high school. Um, and I, he came back towards the end of the season. Um, but what's it been like with him now under your, your wing, if you will? I wonder if he'll get the nickname Pony Boy Jr. Okay. I think he might. It's from the same high school, you know? Same high school. PB2. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, he looks, he looks good as well. Again, you know, a guy that, can move fairly well. Like screw the times on their first day initial testing. Like they're stressed, they're they're you know they're they're anxious, they're excited. 
maybe their starts per, like who cares like we're just getting a baseline number but did really well um you know has good functional strength to him can bend uh again another kid you know very coachable listening doing things the right way um it's going to be very interesting to see how his body keeps growing and um but been very impressed with him as well you know the the whole built in the trenches ordeal we we had a office lineman show up as an early enrollee um in in Luke Dalton we we've already touched on Ethan Green but but we got to roll it up with now Jonathan Harder how did how has he come in and how does he look if you watch his tape he's a guy that seems like he's going to go after it he he was kind of, you know mean and nasty as you guys say so is he kind of fit in that mold so far early I'm going to say Jonathan Harder will probably hold a special place in my heart for his entire career here because he's from my hometown. Oh, um, again, he played at Olentangy Berlin, which is, you know, new. I played at Olentangy. Okay. Um, but OG. he's friends. He's OG, friends. Just saying. You know, the original, no big deal. Um, <laughs> but uh, he's friends with uh, my neighbors that I grew up my whole life with uh, their youngest son. And uh, my neighbors own, no, no disrespect to anybody here. We've talked about it before. The pizza place. The greatest pizza place in the history yeah, of mankind, yeah, yeah. right? And uh, so, you know, he gets here and uh, on his first day, my Buy neighbor pizza. texts me and he's like, hey, he's like, Andrew's buddy's there and, you know, take care of him, all that stuff. And I send him a picture of me and him. And, uh, you know, we talk about Cheshire Market all the time, all that stuff. But uh, he is, he's thick, but he's not like, he's not sloppy thick, you know, he looks good. And uh, he's got some shit to him. Uh, you know, we gave him a little taste of the rope fight on Friday. Okay. And he uh, he won. And when he won, he showed some enthusiasm and juice and got up. And he was crazy. Um, that was the same day that he also, you know, might have been straining so extremely well that he might have sharded. Who knows? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he is. He's a very, very good-looking kid. Um, again, I, I could, you know, say the same thing for all these kids. Very blessed that these families entrusted us to take these young men and mold them, but raised the right way, very coachable. And, uh, you know, again, one week in, doing an unbelievable job. Now, the classes aren't made up just of incoming freshmen. You also have some guys that transferred in. And while we've touched on a lot of these guys through our conversations over however many podcasts you've been on with us now, um, some of the names that we haven't. The first one I wanted to ask about is a guy from a school that you've coached at before as he transferred here from Ohio State, and that is Noah Potter. Yeah, no, Noah is uh, he's doing a really great job. You know, I think uh, I think Noah, his personality, his vibes, the way he likes to train, the way he likes to get after it, it's the way we are. And, uh, you know, it, it might have took him – maybe two days to kind of get the feel of the room and the guys he's with and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, it's still funny. Just the other day, Josh Wiley was messing with him and, you know, Noah's like, dude, what? And like, Josh is just being Josh and, right. you know, just, just fucking with him. But, uh, he's doing an unbelievable job. He, uh, he's battled injuries in the past, you know, low sure. back and he was straining so hard one day on an exercise is, you know, he popped his retina and all that kind of stuff. But, He's just, he's been awesome. He uh, communicates very well, um, you know, ask, you know, ask what else he can do and ask how's this and how's that. And 
he's he's awesome. He's electric. I mean, again, you don't have very many six five and a half, two hundred and seventy pound guys come in, and uh, you know, I would say even in his short amount of time, he's put on good lean mass. He's definitely a hell of a lot stronger and healthier in a lot of uh, his prior weak areas, and uh, that's only a testament to him for putting in the work and taking care of his body, and you know, a testament to our guys in the locker room for you know, getting him accustomed to, to our culture and brotherhood. Now that should come as no surprise to you as you're very familiar with the strength and conditioning program at Ohio state, right? For me, that what? That it was no surprise that he comes in and just busts his ass for you. Oh no. Yeah. 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 I mean, again, you know, coach Mix, my, one of my main OG mentors, and, right. uh, you know, so I think what's really cool for him is, and even when he was, you know, coming and talking and, you know, visiting and thinking about coming here, um, you know, for him to kind of realize that like, okay, yeah, like there's some things that maybe you've done before that are very similar, but nothing is going to be the same and nothing is going to be like, oh yeah, we did that there. Like, no, man, it's totally different. Um, But it was, it was a good, you know, common ground for him and I to connect and talk about coaches up there and this and that. And, uh, um, you know, but again, he's, he's doing a great job. Great job. So, Brady, I know you kind of have your own way of doing things as far as, you know, the strength and conditioning side of things. But when when players transfer out, if you will, and, and they go somewhere that you might have a connection with the strength coach there, do you get coaches reaching out to you and saying, like, hey, tell me about this player and kind of his tendencies in the weight room or what I need to push here or there? Or is it kind of just – once, once they, they move on, it's, it's they're in that program and, and kind of take a hold of exactly what they want to do in that new program? Uh, no. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spin that for you in a different kind of unique way, right? So, yeah. again, I would say we're probably one of the very few programs in the country that, you know, guys aren't bouncing out of here. Right, exactly. And that's, you know, speaks volumes to everything that Coach has built here and the guys within that locker room. The guys that are, you know, probably in the best interest for both parties and you know hey love you appreciate everything you've done go play and go do what you got to do but um you know i don't know how to spin this but i would say if uh if if someone reached out to me and was asking me how to coach and develop and you know build a relationship with someone that just got to them just by you know using me like hey what worked there i mean yeah i would i would help in a way but also, you know, that's that's the art of coaching. I think that's what makes uh, that's what makes you a great coach. It's not it's not what you do in the weight room, you know, or what you do on the field or how you do this and that. Like, um, so I've never I've never personally been in that position where um, someone's reached out to me and asked me those things. I think maybe one time a couple of years ago. Um, but other than that, you know, case in point with the Corey Kiners and the Noah Potters and just you know anybody that's tra- the uh, James Tunsil, the Dino Boyds. I mean, we could go on and on of, you know, the right. guys that we brought in for all the right reasons. Um, you want to build your new relationship with them because, you know, they're coming here for a new fresh start. Right. And, uh, you know, I like to start with a new fresh clean slate as well. Touch on Kiner a little bit more. I know yeah. we've, we've mentioned him a little bit, but let's let's hear your, your breakdown of of what Corey brings in the weight room, what you've seen out on the field competition wise, the whole iron sharpens iron in that running back room. Corey's a a great looking kid. Um, You know, again, was blessed to get to know him throughout the recruiting process and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, when he 
<clears throat> ultimately decided a couple years ago to go to LSU. You know, all good. Wished him luck, all that stuff. But uh, very blessed, very happy that he's back home here in Cincinnati. And uh, he looks good, man. Uh, came in, you know, body weight was about like 210 or whatever. Now he's, you know, 215, 217. He looks good. He's rocked up. Um, you know, he had a, he was dealing with some quad stuff at LSU. And uh, again, not talking bad or disrespecting, but I don't think they were doing too much to really help him at the time. So, you know, we've done an unbelievable job, my staff and the training staff of, you know, rebuilding any, you know, kind of just range of motion or old nicks and bruises that he might have had. And uh, he's just a kid. He's very humble. He's very hungry. He's very coachable. And uh, he's just getting better every single day. And I think it's going to be scary, scary once training camp comes around because it's a hell of a lot of dudes in that running back room. So this this class in general, now that you finally have everybody here, uh, they were before the current ongoing um, list as as is being compiled. Um, they were the highest ranked class ever in Cincinnati's history. So how are you feeling now that you have the entirety of the group here about the guys that you've brought in just as a kind of as a whole? The uh, the freshman class that just got here and then, you know, the early enrollee guys. Yeah, just everybody yeah. As, as a class. No, feel, feel really good. You know, um, again, all you can do is kind of compare guys to, you know, guys that you've seen been in their shoes in the past couple of years here and, you know, kind of, uh, you know, give, give yourself and them even a vision of what you think they ultimately could and should be. And also, you know, we'll help get them there obviously, but, uh, been very, very, very impressed. Um, it's not easy. I tell our kids every single day and it's written on our board in the weight room, which you guys will see on July 1st for squat fest 2k22. Um, it takes a special tough discipline, mother you know what to be a bear cat uh-huh. and uh you know i love saying that every single day because i don't take it for granted i don't um i love coaching this team <clears throat> i love my staff i love these kids and it is man it's it's i'm just telling you this take all my bias aside you ask any of these new transfers you ask any of these just anybody that comes in we had a we had a big 10 strength coach come and visit us today saying the same things like it's just it's different and that's a testament, not to me. It's a testament to the kids in our locker room, the way they get after it, the way they generally love one another and just train hard as shit. And uh, it's fun, man. It is. So very, very impressed and can't wait to see, you know, where the future takes those guys. Uh, Brady, we've got a ton, a ton of questions in the mailbox, mailbag for you. Um, so I, Aaron, if you want to start to get those lined up. But I got a question for you. I'm, I'm not going to mention any names. I'm not going to mention – kind of uh, what this sector of the football program quite is, but it's a, it's, it's a sector. Oh, did we lose you Brady? No. I'm here. Okay. Okay. It's a, it's a sector of the, of the program that's kind of been on fire in recent weeks, if you know what I mean, but without naming names or anything along those lines, I, there's been one constant thing through message through all of it. And it's been two words. It's been culture and brotherhood. This far along in the path of, of of being, you know, with with you and Luke here with the Bearcats, are you do you kind of feel that this is the moment right now? You know, last year leading into this season, where the the brotherhood and the culture that you guys wanted to build 
in that first off season, it's really starting to come into fruition right now following, you know, the greatest you know, season in program history? Um, no, I think, I think, uh, you know, back in 2018, I think that was, that was the start of it all. It was really the off season after our first year. And, uh, you know, again, back then everything was, you know, kids see better than they hear. Well, you start the year off going to the Rose bowl and whooping UCLA's ass. Well, things are going to start rolling after that. Right. And then, uh, you know, if, if, uh, if I'm being honest, like when I think about it now and you just kind of, you know, when you read all those things and you hear all the, the quotes from the kids saying that the culture and the brotherhood, like you can't help, but that makes you feel so good because that's not me. That's not coach. It's our kids. Right. Like it really is like, you know, when the, when the recruits come on campus and they're doing their visit, you know, they're, they're going to have a hell of a weekend. They got everything lined up from going to coach Fick's house to, you know, having breakfast to, you know, coming to the facility meeting everybody, getting presentations, coming into the weight room. I'm giving them a presentation. You know, we go into the team room. They're getting more presentations. And all that stuff is really, really good, right? And the parents love it, and they, you know, they love it as well. But when they're around our guys, that's when you're going to – that's when you're going to know right away, right, that what we're saying is either BS or real. And uh, to me, I think that's what's the coolest because – you know, I've been places where it was hard to get guys to be like, hey, do you want to help host a recruit? Hey, right. do you want to, you know, be around when these guys are coming to breakfast in the morning? And it's like with our guys, they want to be around because coach makes it a big emphasis, too. He wants our guys to know that whatever recruits are coming to visit, we want to make sure that those guys vibe. We want to make sure that they're who we are, who we want, and that ultimately will represent you the right way one day when your time here is done and you're in the league or you're doing whatever it is that you're blessed to do. And uh, so I think that's, what's powerful is, you know, our guys take great pride in it, the older guys and even the young freshmen that, you know, have been here for not even a year, you know, you got JQ and Ken Willis and all those early enrollee guys really helping out and, you know, being a good example of like, look kid, I, you know, I, I've been here for barely six months and I could tell you this, 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 and that. And, you know, it is, it's, it's one of those cool things. And again, I know that word's thrown out there, you know, like so easily culture and yep. it's real. I mean, it's real here. It really is. And, and you could tell it's real when, when uh, a, a guy who recently was on the pod, I, I hope you're able to listen. He, uh, he might be the, the, the brazen example of, of culture when, uh, when Royer joined the pod a, a few weeks ago, man, that was, that was something My man Royer, dude. That was that was uh that beats anything that I've ever done with you guys. That beats no offense. Did you go back and watch it? I was watching a little bit of it live that <laughs> night, and then uh I finished the rest in my drive like into work the next day. And uh man, we we love that guy, dude. I'm telling you, me, my staff, I mean, we still have his fat head from the play hard wart uh wart. <laughs> We have it in the back office next to uh, my assistant coach Danny Felino, who always trained him. And uh, man, we love that guy. You know what's you know what's funny? Here's a good funny story for you. The uh, fan, what's yeah. the fan played league? Fan whatever, game. fan game. Yes, yeah. whatever it is, right? Yeah. We all know how Alex Hiles scored a touchdown a couple weeks ago, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm getting ready to leave the office today. When all of a sudden I look up and there's Alex Hiles standing in my doorway. 
Nice. Good to see that crazy guy. There's there's been some real ones. Maybe maybe next maybe next week, boys. I I see if Royer will be your your third the third wheel while I'm out in L.A. Can only imagine. Well, I tell you what. Could, could you guys handle Royer without me? I I don't I don't know that anyone is capable of handling Royer. It's simply does he want to do it? Royer, right? You get Royer, and maybe a Joe DeBlanco. Possibly, yeah, yeah. New you Orleans know. Saints, Joel DeBlanco. Just, you I know, mean, he'll he'll tame him. He'll tame him. Right, right. The problem is the the, the normal guy I have to tame Royer is Copay. True. And now, and now Copay is on the recruiting staff. Yes. So I I can't cross streams there. Like Copay is now off limits. That would be tough. In most senses for this podcast, because Trevor would actually be at my front door if we had <laughs> Kobe on the podcast at this point in time. The uh, the greatest thing about having Royer on was like, you know, like in the beginning, I think he was kind of feeling us out, and then like he saw us all take a little sip. He yeah, you know, and, and then we kind of started breaking in the the fan game kind of really broke him down a little bit. And he was like, wait a minute. I think I can literally just do whatever I want on this thing. Yes. You can Let be your top Royer. You can yep. be your. That was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. Aaron, do you have some, some lined up? We do have some, some questions here. You were um, popular in the mailbag, man. You were that. Uh, a lot of people just wanting to take the opportunity to talk to you as always. So, um, does Brady have any previous experience training a dual sport athlete at the college level? Does the process change for a dual sport athlete, hypothetically speaking, of course? Um, I mean, yeah, I've had uh, experience. You know, at Mississippi State, we had a couple football and track guys. Um, at Ohio State, I think my first year, we had a couple guys that dabbled in football and track. Um, you know, dabbled in track, obviously. But, um, you know, it, it can get unique. Um you know, bless uh, bless our track coach's heart, Susan Seaton. She's always coming and trying to, you know, get the Trey Tuckers and the Drew Donleys and all them because obviously they're extremely fast. Um, and the schedule can sometimes be hard for track just because with workouts and spring ball and meets and all that stuff, it, it's kind of a fine line to tune. But uh, it can be done. You know, it, it can be done. I've had experience with it. Um, every coach in the building's had experience with it. And, uh Again, ultimately, at the end of the day, our job is to develop student-athletes to physically and mentally prepare the sport that they're going to play. So, you know, if it, if it would take a collaborative with working with, you know, another sport uh, strength coach and, you know, kind of getting a system lined down and, you know, at the end of the day, you do what's best for the student-athlete and uh, absolutely it can happen. Okay. I don't I know. Like wrestling, re- wrestling conflicts with football. In, in college level, does it time wise or because I feel uh, like that would be? Yeah, thank, I mean, not thankfully because I'm sure Coach Vic would love if we had a wrestling program here. But uh, <laughs> right, right. you know, thankfully oh, we yeah. don't have that issue. But uh, yeah, that could that could be a tough one just because of you know the strenuous workouts that you do, just wrestling practice and uh, the body weight management and all that kind of stuff. But uh, you know, again, right right circumstance, right scenario, you can you can make things work. Fun, fun fact, my dad was on the last wrestling team at the University of Cincinnati before hey. it was uh, – How have you never mentioned that before? 
Uh, surprise. State Shut champion. Up, shot podcast for like head. three years now. State you champion in the state of Ohio. <laughs> Shout out Brent's dad. How about he was, that? Uh, Chillicothe High School Hall of Fame. Unbelievable. Chillicothe. There, we there you go. He, he still beat my ass. I'll I'll say it on 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 record. He's got dad strength, bro. He'll I always know, get man. you. I don't have it yet. Turf through chill coffee at one o'clock this morning. Ugh. Um, is the new locker room completed? Though I read Tobes was going to be giving tours of it on the officials. I love seeing Tobes every day. I make sure I say what's up to him. Um, Good dude. The locker room is uh, it is further along than is expected, and it's looking unbelievable. Um, very impressed with it. Can't wait till the boys get in there and you know. It's almost like when you're in there, you're like, where did all this space come from? <laughs> and uh, it's going to be exciting. It's going to look unbelievable. It's going to be one of the best in the country and uh, very excited with the progress of it. Getting rid of all that wood paneling really opens things up, huh? My gosh, 1980s, were those are long gone. <laughs> Even, but you're trying to bring it back with the stash. I, I, it's always here. <laughs> Uh, Chad mentioned this uh, a bit in regards to the Monster Factory and Sage, but after a player commits, what are you, Brady, allowed to do in terms of preparing a commit to get on campus? Yeah, well, you know, when, when people commit and they sign their, you know, letter of intent, you're allowed to, uh, you know, kind of give them some information and workouts that kind of, you know, help them kind of build up to when they finally get to you. And, uh, you know, you can help them with nutrition and, um, you know, just kind of, guiding them along the way but you know we, we physically can't train them one-on-one -on -one and all that kind of stuff but uh there's a lot of communication that can go on you know um behind that's the once they sign the letter of intent when they commit there's really not much you can do right yeah no no but no. once yeah, they sign the letter of intent yeah there's more yeah. you can it's all it's all dependent on like uh you know our biggest thing is in uh you know december now i guess with the early signing and all that stuff mm -hmm. but obviously it used to be like february um once everybody has signed their intent you can send them you know an electronic you know guideline of hey here's you know march here's april here, here's may kind of like a little build up and an intro so that they can get prepared for when they get to you in june you know so that they kind of have an idea of what to expect then is there anything down. different for local kids, kids that are within um, driving distance? I, I get this question asked all the time. I just want it officially answered. Like you can't um, really, they can't come to the facility and work out with you, right? They can't. They can't they work enroll. out. They can't work out in any groups. Uh, they can't be around any other student athletes. But there's a uh, there's some some type of thing where they can use the facility. And obviously, in the past, we've had those. Um, you know, and again, it's just kind of. It's kind of not a, it's not a fine line thing. It's just one of those things. They're committed. They're local. Um, they can use the facility, but they but can't, be, can't coached. be there. Yeah, we can't we can't physically coach them. Um, so, again, it's very similar to kind of you sign your intent. We kind of give you some some, you know, groundwork to kind of build you up. Um, but those local guys do have the benefit because, you know, hey, if I can come to the facility at this time, I can. It's like, all right, yeah. There's no other athletes in here. You can't. Well, they could go back in the BCJ podcast archives when it was the uh, pandemic shutdown, and you were telling oh, everyone man. all all you need is a towel and 
Put some right, bricks baby. in your backpack and in your hands. Oh yeah, man. Just oh, give yeah. me a rope, an avocado, and an ice pick. <laughs> I'll get these kids trained. <laughs> um, kind of building on that question, um, what's the biggest weight room adjustment from high school to college? Are all players put on a specific nutrition plan? What are you doing differently this offseason that you didn't do last year? Um, I'd say the biggest adjustment from high school to college is probably the attention that you get. You know, and it's very, very, very few high school programs that have more than one strength coach, uh, more than one full time strength coach or just us, you know, full strength coach only. You know, maybe they're a, a PE teacher or health teacher or whatever. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing. You know, again, I'm very blessed. We got four full time assistants with me, an army of interns um, that help us and, you know, assist in the daily daily uh duties but uh the attention obviously the intensity um you know the uh the amount of neck training which still to this day just breaks my heart because everybody in the country that's playing any sport should be training their neck um are, are all players put on a specific nutrition plan yes you know again because everybody's different just because i'm six one. 185 and you're 6'1", 185 and we're both DBs, our bodies do not tick the same way. So that takes collaboration and education with, you know, us as a strength staff, uh, our sports nutritionist, Coach Colin Russo, and, uh, you know, really formalizing a plan that's best for them individually. And then uh, what are we doing differently this offseason that we didn't do last year? A lot of things. Um you know, that's kind of one of my things that I pride myself on. I, I don't ever want to copy and paste. I don't want to change who we are. So a lot of the nuts and bolts and, you know, deep down to the core, what we do and why we do it, it's still true. But uh, we're always enhancing things. And I rely on my staff big time for that because I want them to have ownership in this program. I want them to have input and value and, um, you know, put their stamp on it. So, you know, case in point was uh, simple in the first couple of weeks we were doing the hill sprints. And uh, that was something that, you know, turned out to be one of the greatest things that we did. And, uh, you know, we've done some different things on uh, our dynamic effort, lower body days where, you know, if I'm Trey Tucker or I'm Dylan O'Quinn, I'm these older, strong guys that have been in the program for a while. Instead of doing trap bar deadlift, I'm going to do a sumo deadlift and I'm going to do it with chains and I'm going to dynamic it. And then I'm going to do a safety bar uh, box squat while everybody else is doing a front squat or a trap bar deadlift. You know, just fun little twists here and there, which we've kind of done in the past, but really emphasize this year more than ever. Um, and uh, again, just always trying to change things up and do what's best for this program and this team. So the next question, uh, we kind of talked already about the contact that can be had, um, but um so where is a, uh, I guess, um, in terms of where recruit is at speed, strength, body composition wise, and where you would like them to be once they show up? Um, like, what are you allowed to contact them in regards to that? I mean, you know, again, when they, when they're here on campus and you're talking to them and you're giving a presentation and, you know, you get a little time to spend with them, you can have a little more, you know, one-on-one -on -one and kind of evaluate them and all that stuff. But, you still can't physically, you know, get your hands on them till they, till they commit until they're here. Um, so a lot of it is, you know, you're using your coach's eye, you're, you're evaluating their body, their frame, what you think they ultimately could be. 
And, uh, you know, what's so cool is, and I use it all the time in recruiting, you, you don't know what God has planned out for you. You know, I mean, again, Maje came in 6'3", 208, walked out the door 6'4", and a half, you know, anywhere from 240 to 265. Des Ritter came in 6'1", 175, walked out 6'4", 215. Ahmad Gardner, 6'1", and a half, 155, walks out 6'3", 200. Like, you know, our, our whole job is to maximize your genetic potential. So um, you kind of size them up. You have some good talks with them. But, uh, you know, the best thing we can do is kind of educate them and just work with them when they're with us, officially with us. But uh, really, it's, it's, a, it's all education-based and, you know, what we ultimately think and should, and, or they could and should be. How much of flexibility is something you're born with, or is it something you can improve greatly in college athletes? Can you change an O-lineman from a waist bender to a knee bender? Well, I mean, there's nothing greater in this world than genetics, let's face it. Um, but uh, absolutely you can. I mean, you can always improve your flexibility, your mobility, um, you know, and that's something that you got to work every single day. Like I said, you know, earlier, um, you know, it doesn't matter what you can squat or bench or do this and that if you can't do it the right way. Like technique is more important than anything. So, you know, I think that's what's so great about, you know, being a newcomer freshman. Like all last week, everything was slowed down. Everything was light. Everything was getting the rep integrity down because if you don't have the proper technique and rep integrity, the weight's never going to come. And the weight's only going to come if you have the right technique. So it is huge. No doubt it's real huge with O-linemen because, let's face it, you can't play this sport at any position if you can't bend. And especially as an O-lineman, you got to bend and you got to physically impose your will on another 300-pound grown man. So it plays a huge fa uh, factor into everything that we do. Um, a lot of our warm-ups, a lot of exercises that we do, it's all about being in a football position. And, uh, you know, and again, it's – that's our job as coaches is to enhance every aspect of these student athletes and flexibility is a huge part of it. I really thought you were going to say you brought Amy Fickle in to lead some classes, <laughs> some bar classes. <laughs> uh, how many and how long are the workout cycles the players go through during a calendar year? Assume a true freshman is not expected to play. How is his training different during the actual season? So it's uh, it's funny. I think a while ago, coach Fick and I, we kind of broke down, you know, throughout a calendar year, how many days of the year are our eyes on our guys? Not position coaches, but us as strength coaches. And it was like 287 days. Wow. That's awesome. And when you think about that, you're like, wow, that, I mean, it's a lot. And uh, again, you're, you're going through ebbs and flows. You're going through, <clears throat> you know, times where you're really amping it up, times where you're not. You're going through spring ball. You're going through season. Um, but, you know, again, I, I always, you know, block our workouts an hour and a half because I know for sure the workout is going to be either an hour, maybe an hour and 15 minutes if we're doing a run or something like that. But you always want to give a little break before the next group, you know, so you can kind of reset the weight room, um, reset whatever it is outside, all that kind of stuff. But uh, if I'm a true freshman that's not expected to play, how's my training going to be different? You're going to get after it a little bit more, you know, because you're young. You're still growing. You're still adapting to the program and to practice and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, you're not taking that physical toll every single day at practice and ultimately on Saturdays on game day. So, you know, we're going to we're going to really push the envelope as far as development 
and, uh, you know, do the best that we can, all science-based research and all that stuff, not just trying to squat heavy and do all these crazy things. And, uh, you know, our, our plan and our philosophy has worked. We're going to keep enhancing it and pushing that moving forward. And the last question, um, how does the staff balance between the big selling point of staying home and becoming a hometown hero with trying to convince kids that aren't from the area and state that they need to leave? Uh, I mean, that's a great recruiting question. I don't know. I'm not a big recruiting guy. Um, but one of the things I, I love to say, right, is, uh, you know, again, a lot of our guys are getting recruited by everybody in the country. And that's great, right? You can go there. They, they're probably not going to develop you and love you and take care of you like we will. And that's fine if that's what you want. And if you're worried about this or worried about that, that's cool. You come here, you're going to win. You're going to do things the right way. You're going to graduate. Um, you're going to be put in a position to play at the next level. And I always love saying this, if you don't want to work hard, don't come here. And also we'd love to have you, but if you want to go somewhere else, it's going to suck beating you, but I'm going to, I'm going to shake your hand and smile because I know what our guys do and I know how we do things. It's going to be fun. Well, speaking of beating people real quick, <laughs> I would be remiss to not ask this. I meant to ask this earlier, but I like Drew Donnelly. These these speeds that we're seeing him put up, man. Is he uh he's, he's showing you is he showing you a little something that uh really really jumps off the field, if you will? Finally hitting his stride, maybe. <laughs> Pun intended. I like that. There you go. Very good. I mean that was very I great mean, of you, Aaron. I've been working on dad jokes. I'm gonna be a dad next month. You know what I mean? There you go. Congratulations. Good, good job, dad. Good job. Uh, he's not showing us anything that we haven't seen from him. Right. I think what's really cool to see is like, again, you know, we're with these guys all the time. So, you know, Drew Donnelly is a top end, very fast guy. You know, Tyler Scott's the same way. The Trey Tuckers of the world is a guy that gets out so fast. You know, his, his acceleration is, is unreal. And then he carries it. Right. Whereas a Drew Donnelly, a Tyler Scott, um, you know, they're more of the top end speed guys. So maybe those first, you know, zero to 15 yards, they're not getting out as fast as Trey, but maybe in that 20 to 30 range, they're going to start enhancing a little bit. And that's, what's always impressive to see with, you know, those guys and obviously a Trey that can start out super fast and then carry it and still can, you know, contain it and enhance it. Um, and then you look at a guy like Nick Martiner, who's just so long. And, like, yeah. you know, his his stride is, like, five yards, whereas mine is, like, three steps to be five yards. And uh, <laughs> it's just – it's impressive. You know, it's, it just really is. Gosh. Yeah, I mean, it's his it's speeds he's been putting up recently. I mean, whenever you see him topping Tyler Scott and Trey Tucker, that's when you got to at least throw him a little, a little shot. Oh, out. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, and again, you know, in a couple weeks here, we'll see some really crazy top-end speeds, you know, as we increase the distance and what we're doing. Um, because, again, you know, with those chain sprints, you're running with chains on you. Right. So, like, I mean, it's, it's just – it's crazy to see the resisted speeds that these guys run. Uh, Tonk, we, we do want to thank Tonk for the $10 donation uh, <laughs> as he quotes Brady's Big 12 mustache. Big 12 Brady, baby. I would just call get it, Phyllis. Go ahead. I would, I would call it the back-to-back 27 straight mustache. 
And then Phyllis wants to know, you've talked about the OLOGs. What's your take on fan favorite Lorenz Metz? Oh, man, love love me some Metz. Um, again, he's a guy that had some post, uh, post-season touch-ups, um, and he just had a, another one a couple months ago with his ankle. Again, just getting everything fine-tuned um, so he can be back and ready, fully ready to rock and roll for camp. And, uh, again, provide um, unbelievable value up front into this entire program. Um, love that kid, though. Love him. Oh, you, oh, you beat sorry. me, Jeff. And then the question, uh, is this pre-recorded? No. No, we're live. <laughs> all live, all the time. All Just going to do it live. F it. We'll do it live. No, I, well, well, Brady, we do have to ask, how was the birthday? Anything good for dinner that night? What uh, What did you get into? Got to ask. Got to reminisce on the fun things. Birthday was great. Uh, it was a Thursday, which uh, if you ask my staff, is my favorite lift of the week. It's all in the weight room. It's just a crazy upper body day. Um, so it was a great day. I was, you know, training the boys, all, all three groups. Uh, came home, wife and kids had, you know, cake and decorations and the presents and all that and celebrated then we went and got some japanese steakhouse which was delicious nice i have and, a birthday uh, uh, on wednesday myself so i'm, I'm oh there yep. we go so one, plug. one gemini plug. to another happy birthday there we go that's right gemini's are the best my friend Just oh saying. gemini uh what was uh what were what were the presents would you get anything good um i got a pair <laughs> I got a pair of Lululemon shorts, oh, which were <laughs> which were a little too short for my taste. And so, he uh, wears short shorts. That's what's exactly. in exactly. Does have, it have, have the netting in, like the netting in uh, inside of the shorts? Or I don't know what they were, but they were they were different, and uh, <laughs> so uh, had to exchange those. Okay. Uh, got some nice Travis Matthew swim shorts and uh, a nice hat, which I love. I love Travis Matthew stuff for golf okay. and just. Leisure attire, you know, right, when, I, when I'm right. trying to look good. Yeah. Um, and uh, the kids made me some uh, some homemade paintings and homemade cards and stuff like that. It was uh, it was awesome. It was a great birthday. That's awesome. That is awesome. Twenty nine again, right? Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was 30, hey, 30. I'm thirty six. I don't feel older than twenty one, baby. Oh, baby, you don't look it either, brother. <laughs> If this mustache wasn't here, I would look like I'm boop, 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 No, he looks good, dude. I, I'll be honest. I, I kept on looking at his screen. And I was like, like, who is this man that we're talking? It's a me. It's a Brady. So, so used to the goatee, but no, I, I'm, I'm digging the look. I can, I, I can I see why the team's telling you to keep it. Are you going to show up with that look next week, Brent? Oh, uh, maybe. <laughs> no shot. No, probably not. No shot. I'll probably do a nice, a nice five o'clock shadow. I need to trim. It's getting a little long. I trimmed. Yeah, you look good. You look good. I don't think I'd ever go that short though. Like you said, Brady. <laughs> if I if, if I go short, you you see my chubby face, and then you and then you think I'm about five years younger than what I am, which is exactly. It, it's exactly. an interesting mix. Let's just put it that way. So, <laughs> any anything else for the uh, for the goat, Brady? No, it's getting dark. We're about to lose him. That's right. It's it's pretty light. It's not bad. 
We never know how long we're going to get with you, but we're always appreciative of your time, sir. <laughs> and the weather well, looks good there, too. Yeah. It is. It's nice. The rain stopped, and uh, it's very peaceful out here on the front porch. I like it. I like it a lot. Tomorrow, 97 degrees and humid, 1 o'clock well, camp. Will I see you out on the turf? Uh, Yes, but later. Okay. Hmm. Not at 1. Tomorrow's just a wait. Tomorrow's a weight room only day, so that's good. Yeah, I might come hang out with you and in the air conditioning. For a little bit. <laughs> you might have to. How do you tackle oh. those days that are just absurdly hot? I mean, it started today with the freshman at six thirty, and the humidity was like eighty percent. Right, and then uh, you know that twelve o'clock group that we started, the humidity was like ninety five, and it was awesome. And then you get the the turf, uh, the turf heat too. Absolutely, it was it was hot and sticky today, just the way we like it. Hey, baby. We're built out the mud, baby. Let's no go. Doubt. No Let's doubt. Go. I love it. I love it. Well, Brady, go ahead and uh, enjoy yourself the rest of the night. Awesome having Hopefully you Hopefully the kids are asleep. Yes, I would imagine they are passed out by now. Still, the power is not back on. It was no, because we, of I was waiting for that, that, that light to go on on top of your head. like that's Exactly. The what's, the, this, what's the main charade you did today? Oh, man. I don't know. The kids did a great job. I'm very impressed with my three-year-old. Okay. Um, I did mowing the grass. Oh. I did shoveling dirt. Okay. Um, I did Hulk smash. I did Spider-Man. You know, oh. trying to play to the kids. Yeah. But uh, I would say, yeah, I would say uh, the kids did a much better job than mom and dad. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Awesome. Well, you're the man, Brady. Thank you so much, man. Oh, yeah. Appreciate you, boys. Looking forward to seeing you here soon. All right. Appreciate you, sir. Thanks Fly for having boys. See ya. See you, brother. Oh, man. He's a great guy. He's the best. Gosh. I mean, it, we, we all heard you just openly man-crushing on him. That and, facial hair looks good, man. Face. Facial hair looks good. We got it. Loud and clear. You lost any man. oxygen to your brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe blood. Maybe some blood. Blood yeah. has the blood flow <laughs> redirected. Are you okay? Yeah, if it lasts I mean. longer than four hours, call a doctor. <laughs> Brent's just happy we don't stand up for this podcast. I took the red. <laughs> I took the red pill, guys. We're all, we're all good. Uh, but no, uh, just just awesome, man. Um, but wow, the uh, the the remarks he had to say about those incoming freshmen is like that's next level because. Yeah. I'm if you remember last offseason, it was like, yeah, we're getting some guys that look good. Like they look like they have the frame ready to put some things on. And then this year it was just like, yeah, they're this guy's already, ready. They're already this guy on. Is, this right. guy's here. This guy's ready. Sincere Lewis has put on 25 pounds in four months of pure muscle. I, I it's just I mean, all the things added on. It's just wow. That's that's well, th- this amazing. Is, this is what happens when you continue every season to increase your recruiting profile. Mm-hmm. And you know what we're going to say next year when all these 88s and 89s and 90s right. show up? Right. It's going to be another. It was funny. Justin and I were uh, walking back to our cars today, and we had saw Brady and the guys doing the chain workout as we were walking mm-hmm. in. So we were walking out, and we were like, eh, I wonder if anybody's still down there. So we peeked around that like the main entrance where the steps are to go down to the the concourse. And we looked down there and there was one human that didn't look like, like normally when you're looking from that far, right. They look like dots. Yeah. 
There was one human remaining down there that was not a dot. It's big, big, big dot. Rob Jackson it was like that one. You could be on top that on top of the the roof of the Lender Center, and you would be like, "Oh, Rob Jackson's still down there, getting <laughs> some work in." Yeah, I I mean Rob Jackson. You saw Jamal Williams pop up on the uh, on on the news of the week list. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. you know as as the classes get infiltrated. But before we go too much further, let's go ahead and do do a timestamp real quick on that uh, Brady talk and quick quick post talk. Um, Aaron, I'm I'm ready to crack mine because because our our voice got, got a new shipment. Urban Artifact is the largest sour-only brewery in the United States. They pack over 700,000 pounds of real fruit into their lineup of fruit tarts every year. Swing by Urban Artifact's Northside Taproom, mention Bearcat Journal to get $2 off a flight of four tasters. Maybe maybe I'll hit up Scotty and stop by there tomorrow. He's worried that your your beer that he has saved for you is going to code. I I just haven't had time to, to stop by there. You know what I mean? Peaches and cream. You do know that it's only like seven minutes away from campus, right? I know. And I, I'm but I'm usually rushing home to do something like this, right? Yeah, like yeah. I got done with radio today. I drove through I, I should have stayed in Kenwood for half an hour. It was that bad. It was that I drove right. So when I left, I was getting into my car and I pulled up the radar on my phone. And the very front of the storm Black, was, was exactly where I was, <laughs> meaning I was going to have to drive right through the heart of this thing to be able to make it home in time to start this podcast on time. Yep. Like, that's the problem is I'm up there a lot, but I'm usually rushing home and I, I don't have time to stop over there tomorrow. I don't. I think I'm good after I if I don't pass out trying to walk up the steps at Nippert to leave. <laughs> I think I'm good to where I can maybe stop by, and and grab my my beverages. But then I'm leaving to go on vacation for a week, so they're just gonna sit here. That's good. Let them let them marinate in the fridge, nice and cold when you get back. And then that'd be the thing. I could. I, I'm not gonna have obviously any activity in the fridge. Right for that right. week, so good. So, so I he, he he sent our boy Mick Walker some. I want to I want to get Mick's take on uh, on these puppies. Yeah. The uh, the freshly minted twenty one year old. Want to see how how uh, if he's saying after my first four Urban Artifact fruit tarts, these are tasting mighty good. And then he's after my first eight, they're still tasting really good. But uh, shout out, obviously, peaches and cream. It's tasty. And Aaron, did you get one of the small ones? The I did I did? I can't wait. They sent you one of the, the... this one can, and they're, yeah. they're it's it's literally like this big yeah. in my hand. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. Are are we getting close to the hundredth episode? Yes, we are. Uh, uh, this is eighty nine. That kind of be a long long time to hold those off. I, I have no could, issue waiting. We we could crack those on the hundred. For reference, those I believe those run $34 for a four pack and I think they're only 6 ounces, 8 ounces. They're very 15%, small. 15%, baby. 15%. We could we could have Scotty on on the uh <laughs> on the 100th episode and 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 you can sip yours and I'll shotgun mine real fast and we'll just 
Have Mick, Mick said party. he got his today, and he sent Scotty a message uh, saying thank you. Beautiful. So, so Mick is now geared up. He's he's ready for next in. time. Well, speaking of Mick Walker, there was there was a little bit extra news this past uh, this past Sunday. You know the not quite the uh, fireworks Fourth of July display. It was kind of like a. Uh, the fireworks ended, you know, 4th of July was, was last weekend, if you will, and all the fireworks are going off. And then on Sunday, it was like that, that one family has a couple of fireworks left and they, they have a little fireworks show, show of their own, Amari Snowden being that fireworks show on Sunday night. Yeah. And uh, man, that is, that is a three sport athlete. That is an absolute stud defensive back size, speed, athleticism, everything that you can tie into one. Wow. Uh, this was one that the staff was after for a while. Uh, obviously, I, I mean, I want to I go back in the BCJ archives and see when the first mention of Amari Snowden was. It had to be at least two to three years ago. But, man, it was, uh, this was a long time coming. And the staff, they, they really pushed, pushed, pushed. And uh, when it came to closing time, as they've been showing the ability to do recently, they, they absolutely closed. And, and Amari became uh, the newest Bearcat commit. Chad, Aaron, guys, that was a uh, that's a big one. Yeah, it's what we talked about when we re- when we recapped it last night. You put that much time into a kid, man. It's tough if you don't get him right? right. Like you put that much labor and effort and and manpower into what they put into with Amari Snowden, and he doesn't come your way. Oh, oh, that's mm-hmm. brutal. But when you get that call and he is coming your way, yeah, the reward is as satisfying as anything that exists in sports, right? Because yeah. you busted your ass, you did everything you could to get across the finish line, and then you got across the finish line. I mean, obviously, there's still work to be done to get all the way to signing day, but that's clearly a kid that was bought in. Like, yeah. You know, it, it, that that's clearly a kid that believes what Cincinnati is selling. Right. And he, he hadn't scheduled any other visits. He had, like, his uh, his one visit scheduled was to Cincinnati. He wanted to see if Cincinnati was exactly what he thought he was. Mm-hmm. Even though he had visited a bunch already, he already had a very good idea. He brought his family down. They enjoyed the visit. Everything went according to plan. And, and then he got home and got it done. I'm just glad it happened last night instead of the original plan. I was not looking forward to the original plan. Yes. Original plan? 7.40 this morning he was going to do it. What? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, shoot. He's, Breakfast cookies. <laughs> he's, he's, he's probably up throwing fastballs that early, getting getting warmed up for the baseball. Right? A kid like that is, is up. Would you call that cookie crisp? Maybe. I mean, maybe it might have been time for some cookie crisp. Chad, it blew Chad, away my we, theory on commitments. We won't get into it, but it, it crushed my theory on commitments. We right. We need to hear your uh, <laughs> your your thoughts on on the the ability or the possibility, I guess, of the the dual sport athlete, if you will. Um, yeah. Brady kind of touched on it a little bit. I I mean, in in some of them, you you know the the dream is out there to continue playing both sports, but I mean, Amari Snowden is a He's he's a great baseball player. Um, I mean, it's a he's got 
high exit velocity. I mean, I was reading his scout, scout evaluation last night uh, as far as, you know, prospect baseball, this, that, and the other. So it's just, you know, is he someone that you could see going that two-sport route, or is it going to be when he gets on campus, he will be the one making that decision? He 1,000% intends on playing both. Like, if you look at that kid, that kid's a baseball player. Yeah. With the shades on backwards, they like they fit perfectly around his eyes. He's just got that look. Like, right. you know, he kind of reminds me of looking at him. Eric Davis. Yes, sir. Nailed it. That's exactly where I was going with that. I've had that thought too. Like, long, athletic. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm yeah, not yeah. saying he's Eric Davis. I'm just saying, like, that's right. when you look at his body type and the way that kid carries himself and. That's a good looking kid. Like that, that's a good looking kid. Physically, athletically, profile, like that, that's you know, right. like when Mick took those pictures of him and you got like the the perfect profile of him with the glasses yeah. on backwards, yeah. you're like, that's that's what an athlete looks like. It looks like a right? baseball player. He looks like a baseball player. He yeah. looks like a baseball player. So yes, he is going to be all in on playing football, but in the in the spring. He's going to focus on baseball and try to be a baseball player as well. Um, the last person we really saw try to do this was Zach Caleros. And being a quarterback, that just – it doesn't work, right? right. It, 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 you've got too many responsibilities. As a cornerback, you know, I, I think it's something that can work. Like, yes, there's technique and, and getting better and all the things that you need to work on in the off season to be a great football player. But, you know, in in terms of baseball, baseball ends right about now every year. That gives you enough of the summer and then all a camp and then the football season. And then when the football season ends, you can kind of turn your attention uh, to the baseball side of things. If you're that gifted, it's doable. It's doable. Right. I, I don't know. It's not a guarantee. It's not like a sure thing by any stretch of the imagination. But this kid has enough of those traits and has enough of the desire. Because that's the other thing it comes down to, right? Like, do you have the desire uh, when you're tired on the bye week in football that you're going to be out there working on your fastball yeah. and keeping your arm strength up? Or out shagging some some fly balls um, or, or getting in the cage uh, when you've got some spare time. It's difficult. But guess what? If Alec Pierce can graduate with an engineering degree in three and a half years, anybody can do fucking anything. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm sorry. Like, that's the, one of the most remarkable things. Is he going to slap his thigh before he signals for a fair catch? I'd love that. Or, or bring the shades, like, you know, have the the flip-down shades inside his helmet. <laughs> I'd love it. Like, but he looks the like, I, I'm serious. If, like, you built Aaron, go into the show and build a baseball player, and the default kid is going to fucking look like Amari Snowden. That's a, that's a fact. I'm pretty sure that you can download like a, somebody who's made Eric Davis at this point, and it would probably look like Amari Snowden. Yeah, and, just look and just you like can play your career with yeah. him. Just rename yeah. Eric Davis's, you know, wh- whatever profile they've made for Eric Davis. Just rename it Amari Snowden. You can have fun with it. I, I mean, his his, his fastball tops out at 88. He's got a sharp curveball with late sweeping action. He's got a heavy slider. 
shows glove side control and sweeping hard action. I, I mean, it's a, and of course at, at the plate, he's dynamic as well. It's a, it's a, it's a guy who projects as a really good baseball prospect as well. So after um, what you experienced 15 minutes ago, I don't think we need to talk, be talking anymore about sweeping hard action on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that mustache, man. That mustache. Go ahead and check out that uh, the YouTube. <laughs> now, you guys are going to creep out, Brady. This is weird. Us. But yeah. Us. He looks, he looks Us. Yeah. Like, Give him props for props for due. <laughs> That's what we're afraid of. That's what we're afraid of. <laughs> right. Exactly. But yeah, no, I, but I mean, Snowden, Snowden fits the athletic profile of what Cincinnati wants at, at corner. Yeah. And if he grows out of it, again, Brian, you talk about a callback. You know what, Aaron? It's hard. It's hard. You know what we say about Brett? It's hard. <laughs> but he fits the athletic profile. And again, he's what we talk about, keep talking about with these defensive backs. He's already 6'3", 190, right? What's to say he's not eventually – if Sauce was at one point 158. At 6'1". And got to 200 pounds. And 6'3". Yeah. What's to say that Snowden isn't 6'3", 180 right. and, and gets to 225 or 215? Like, mm-hmm. it, it, it's just – that's why you recruit so many of these 6'2", 6'3", 180 to 200-pound guys. Chad, going back to even what he said about Sincere, though, I mean, 30 pounds? He put on 30 pounds since his commit or the uh, the right. 24-7 profile? Like, that's absurd. And what was his 24-7 profile again? 185. 6'2", six, six, 185, right? 6'2", 6'3", 185. Yeah. 6'1", 1.5. Like, uh, uh, again – you never know until they get here what they're going to look right look like with the right nutrition, the right strength and conditioning, the right path and plan. Like, so you just keep recruiting as many of these dudes with that profile, and you just figure it out as you continue. Chet, this doesn't even look like six two one eighty five. That's not the same kid. It doesn't look like him at all. That anymore. kid has a neck. Yeah. <laughs> so you never know. Like it, yeah. you can look at him and and like close your eyes and say, "I think this is a, like I think this is what he's going to look like." But until you get him here, you know what? He, I guess here's what I would say: If they again, we talked about this. If they were continuously recruiting 5'11", 160 pound, five ten, one hundred and sixty pound defensive backs, guess what? We know what those guys are going to look like. Right. We know at 6'2", 6'3", before your body's developed, there's no clue. Darian Beavers was 6'3", 175 pounds in high school. Yep. And he left college 260. Morphed. You know, you know there was I was 130 wet. pounds when I entered college. And Soaking now I'm wet. a lot more than that. Soaking wet. But, you know, it's uh, – there was <laughs> – there was a, an old coach that used to coach here at the University of Cincinnati recently who Did he coach your dad's wrestling team? No, he did not. He didn't. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. He's he's we got a little new bit, information tonight. I'm he's a, trying to explore for more. He's a little bit more recent than that. But Okay. Um he said that when he goes out on the recruiting trail, 
he looks for these tall, athletic safeties. That's that's his target for you know recruiting because because he knows hey if you're a star safety or star defensive back on your high school team you have the frame you have the size you can really morph into anything when you get to the next level and it does seem like that's kind of been the uh, the token that that has been really the, the calling card for this entire class as well and I you just see it every single prospect defensive back wise that have, that that has come in there all that long athletic and then even the the future prospects that they have still in this class that they're going after the long and the athletic types. So, I mean, it's just, it's, it's something that is continuously there. And I mean, you can do a lot with, with the size that Amari Snowden and the athleticism that Amari Snowden brings. So that's a, man. And I, this kid's all in, man. Like I, I just get that vibe from him. Like this, he did his research. He did his homework. Cincinnati did the best job recruiting him and they were rewarded with his commitment. And now we get to see if he, him and Kamari Anderson can go reel in Jalen Thompson. Yeah. Cause that's I, another one that when he gets out of the car on the official visit. Yeah. Looks like he's supposed to look. Look at his, <laughs> his arms and his hands, man. He is. Did you see the picture, Aaron? Go to Kamari Anderson or uh, Jalen Thompson's um, Twitter. Twitter pictures from his official visit. And look at him standing next to Fick. Yeah. And look at his arms by his side next to Luke Fickle, who played nose tackle at Ohio State. Yeah. It's I, it's it's it, like it's the first thing you notice when you look at those pictures. It was like, oh my God. Yeah. Fickle's fingers stop where 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 his his wrist is. And and literally you bring him in, you say, Hey, we have this guy named Majay Sanders. Yeah, you come in. You're gonna be my Jay Sanders, and then some. I, I mean, look, look at, at that. that. Look at Luke Fickle's fingers. They're at the the top of his wrist. His hands almost go to Luke Fickle's knees when they're standing next to each other, and their shoulders are the same. That's absurd. That looks like he was like created one of those cheat players you create in a video game. Right. That's insane. And and then put him in the weight room with Brady, man. That's uh. Look at how it, long he is. It'd be exciting for that to happen. And, and you know what? It's awesome, awesome to see all the talks that uh, that you know. Of course, like these, like the Kamari Anderson picking up Alabama offers and different big school offers. You know, Brady Dragish. You know, going to the Elite Eleven. All of a sudden, his his name's starting to blow up a little bit. His profile starting to blow up. He's almost but, up to a four-star. He's up above 88 in his right. recruiting profile. They now have eight guys, eight top 500 players. Yep. In yep. the Luke Fickle era, prior to this year, they had seven. It's unbelievable. Top 500 players. But if then they come on their visit, and not only is the whole, I'm not going to say doubt, but like the whole, you know, outside talk of, of Kamari picking up all these offers and, and Brady's exposure really blowing up. Now all of a sudden they're like, no, all in, and we're recruiting one of the biggest, you know, targets that Cincinnati has that was out on campus this past weekend as well. So I, what they're what they're serving in Clifton these days, everyone's drinking, they're loving it, and they're really, really pushing to make this happen. And and it, I mean, they're building something extremely special. I was I was thinking about it, and you look at all the gifts that you know the the Twitter army puts on all these posts. 
and yes, it's it's crazy the amount of of, of fans that really really harp and and pound on Twitter. But man, some of these gifts are awesome. I I mean, it's just seeing a, a packed nipper, seeing all these players that are now going to be NFL players, seeing them just like kind of you know showing the Cincinnati on their chest and and doing cool stuff and, and having a brotherhood with each other. It, it, all of it just really morphs into the fact that. It really is one of the one of the hottest, if not the hottest, colleges in America when it comes to college football, and and of course West Miller bringing things up on the basketball side, Big Twelve. It's just it is what what a time to be a Cincinnati Bearcat, man. It, it's crazy. How tall is Luke? Right in that six three six four range. He's tall. Yeah, like Luke is not a small man by any stretch of the nope. imagination. Not he is all. in that six three six four range, and and Thompson, again, Thompson is one of those guys when he gets out of the car. Or you know, you talk about like all airport, like uh, the 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 teams you walk by in the old days when they had to take planes, like commercial flights to games, and you see that guy in the airport, and you're like, oh my god, who is that? He's now somebody. the now the the best all airport guy I've ever seen is Ron Allen, <laughs> right? We know how that turned out. So first, first, <laughs> first off the bus, all American. Yeah, the all airport team. Like yep, you know, yep. that, that's that that's. Who was it, that it, guy? Right. <laughs> Throwing down windmills in the layup line. Yep. Right. But uh, but yeah, I mean, anything else on, on recruiting or football real quick? I wanted to just touch on basketball for a split second and then dive into the mailbag again. Yeah, I mean, I I um I think they're they're in a good spot with Cam Calhoun. Anthony Brown's gonna be interesting. Does he take that visit to Kentucky this weekend? Like if we're being honest with each other. Cincinnati doesn't have the record we would like to have when it comes to Vince Morrow being involved. So it would be significant for Cincinnati to get Anthony Brown if you know if they can get him to not take that Kentucky visit, or even if they get him to take that Kentucky visit. Um, and we'll we'll see. I I think they're in a really good spot. It's not across the finish line yet, um, but they're doing everything possible to get Anthony Brown in the fold. Uh, Cam Calhoun, I, I think they're in a great spot. Um, Brandon Solis, Solis. I, when I've heard it, I, I know somebody corrected me today. If it's, if it's phonetically correct to his heritage, it's Solis. Not I've Salas. heard it. Solis, Salas is, is what I've heard him called around campus. Solis. Solis. Uh, Solis I think is what I've, Just I've not heard. Solis. Yeah, or not Soli. Somebody called him, yeah, I've heard somebody call him Soli a couple of times. Is, is um, the Malik Elzi visit? Is that that's Thursday, Friday, Saturday? He is okay. coming for an official. Um, but Jalen Thompson's gonna take a visit this weekend. It'll be interesting to see where. And then Michigan State is scheduled the following weekend, uh, and then a decision. Right now, all indications are Cincinnati and Michigan State. Can Cincinnati pry him away from the home state school? Getting a four-star that Michigan State wants would be another significant feather in the cap. They've got work to do. Like, clearly, there are crystal balls in for Michigan State. Right. Michigan State is putting together a very strong recruiting class. If Cincinnati can pull that one off, that's another giant feather in the cap of what's going to be the number one recruiting class in program history. Still don't um, think you should be able to change crystal balls, but. That's, I mean, but that's, we won't go recruiting, recruiting changes, Aaron. I know that's look, 
Friday, I put out a gift that there was going to be a commitment because I was told five minutes before mm-hmm. I put out that gift that there was going to be a commitment. And then I was told 10 minutes after that gift that the commitment wasn't happening. Like recruiting changes. You're dealing like- with 17-year-old kids, 18-year-old kids. And guess what? I changed my mind a lot when I was that age. <laughs> if Vegas can change a line like 10 minutes before tip-off of a basketball game, then right. crystal balls should be changed. But right. no, Aaron, I do kind of see what you're saying, though. But but, uh, but look, sometimes you're certain, right? And then the kid changes his mind. Well, that's you the kind of change thing your as pick well. when the kid changes his mind. That's you, the crystal ball is just a reflection of the information. Yeah, and the information changes. Uh, um, let's let's scroll through Paul here. If if Jalen Thompson was a basketball player, we'd be salivating because of how long he is. Absolutely. He looks 6'5 or 6'6 six, six with a 6'8 six, plus wingspan. Yeah. I'm guessing 6'9, six, 6'10 six, wingspan. They, 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 their arms aren't supposed to be that long. They, so, that's so not the Reed. default model, right? That's not the Jason, default model. Jason yeah, Maxie. Yeah, Jason Maxie was 6'5 with like a 7'2 wingspan. <laughs> yeah. uh, True, True's, Alan True said he thought the only one of the others that might have a chance is Ohio State. I've actually heard a little bit differently, Paul. Um, I've heard Penn State is a a legit like possible for this this upcoming official visit this weekend. Penn State and Ohio State are definitely in the mix for Jalen Thompson. All all indications are Cincinnati and Michigan State are out in front, uh, but he thinks it's between us and Michigan State. I do as well. Here we go. I don't think there's any way Thompson goes to Michigan State. All right. 153. Okay. Got quite a mailbag coming. She has a big Penn State guy. Um, let's go ahead and time stamp it's that. It's been a fun point. day with the Penn State troll. It's been fun. <clears throat> Urban Artifacts, the largest only sour brewery in the United States. Oh, I just did that one. Uh, are you curious to explore what lies beyond standard craft beer? Take a trip to Urban Artifact. They don't make beer. They make fruit tarts. Come see what the world of real fruit has to offer. Swing by Urban Artifacts Northside Tap Room, like I hope to do tomorrow, and mention Bearcat Journal to get two dollars off a flight of four tasters. Hmm. There you go, baby. You know what I mean? Peaches and cream. Uh, Daniel How's the peaches Skilling. and cream? Yeah, how That's the that first one? I've heard you guys talk about that. How's it's the peaches good. and cream? It's very good. It's one of the new ones in the new shipment. Um, I'm curious to get the. Uh, there's like a key lime salsa one. Um, I'm yep, curious yep. To, to try out. There's definitely it's some good. new flavors. It's really, really good. I went with the um, one that was cold because I've been gone all day and got my shipment at like 7.50. There we go. Yeah, I threw mine in the freezer. Got myself a little crispy. But uh, yeah, it's it's uh, really Wait, good. So you don't think Thompson goes on his official state uh, Michigan State visit? Paul. I, I mean, all indications are that he is taking the Michigan State visit. So... Okay. There we go. If he doesn't go, that's a, a phenomenal sign for UC. Yes. But he intends, as of you know, the end of business on Sunday, he intends to take that Michigan State visit and we'll see where it goes from there. Um, so want to briefly touch on, on basketball. Uh Paul says he absolutely does. Okay, we'll see. Um basketball, uh Daniel Skillings posted on his Instagram. Uh, first in the airport in Cincinnati, and then this morning at Fifth Third Arena. And uh, so that means all 
13 scholarship players are now entrenched with the team. Mike Ray felt getting them going in the uh, in the weight room. And I tell you what, you watch those videos that that uh, Mike put up in the Monster Factory and Jarrett Hensley, that guy is going all out in his little clipping of it. I get like so. My understanding is he's cleared to return to full contact activities this week. Uh, I did not get to go to open gym today because I was driving through a uh, severe thunderstorm. Right. Uh, I'm I'm going to try to get there Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- this actually kind of works as little birdie time because we didn't get much little birdie talk. Dave After Dark was a spectacle. Shit show. But the people love it. I, Dave and I were joking about that today. The bigger the shit show, the more our fans of this particular podcast network uh, are enthralled. There was a Congo line. Uh, there was a a little children's dump truck full of Jello shots. I was thinking. Uh, Pedro, was, the inflatable donkey. Pedro, the inflatable donkey, and maybe Dave's most like everybody wants a. Uh, a Dave After Dark shirt. I, I wonder if the Dave After Dark shirt is maybe Dave's most quotable line in the history of the BCJ podcast, which was, all right, let's talk some fucking football. <laughs> With Dave's silhouette and just that quote, like right across it. All right, let's talk some fucking football. Like it, it was, it was phenomenal, but we didn't get to do much little birdie talk. In that podcast, so we can do a little birdie talk tonight if you boys have some questions before we get into the mailbag. Uh, I know you want to keep it succinct. The nice part is we started this podcast a half hour early. So normally right now, we're only an hour and a half. We're at two hours, but on the normal timeline, we're still ahead of the game a little bit here, maybe. That's a uh, interesting look at it. But uh, that's what, you're what do I have to do other than sit here and produce content? <laughs> I see what you're saying. No, um, as far as little birdies go, I think you mentioned the team, uh, with with that Reed and, and, and all them dominated, right? Um, to Julius, Mike Adams Woods, right? Josh Reed, Jalen Stowe, who's a grad mm-hmm. assistant, and Odia Guam. Odia Guam, eight, eight, no, they did not lose a game. Undefeated. Yep. Last so, Wednesday. You know what, Geoff? Geoff, you're right. Brady pods do have every reason to be longer. You you oh, yeah. you win the comments section. Dude, how how awesome is Brady, Aaron? I'm joking. I'm joking. Anyway, so uh my my little birdie question is the the player that has seemed to be winning a lot of games, but we haven't quite heard how his game has looked. Where how his game is taking the next step is, of course, that Mike Adams would to, you know, you bring in transfer off Tennessee. Who knows what the role will be for Micah? How has he looked with this? This I, I don't know. I guess it's a it's a proving off season for it's, him. It's open gym. Right. So you have to take that into consideration. Yeah. But Mike Adams Woods has looked like a starting high major point guard. Okay. I've only been to two, right? So there's a lot of summer to go, and there, there's a mm-hmm. lot of development to happen. Rob Benesi is new; he's he's generally playing on a team with guys that he's 
just met in the past month yep. where Mike Adams Woods has been playing on teams with David Julius and Jeremiah Davenport and guys that he's familiar with. Um, so that's not a total surprise that he has looked more comfortable in that role, but he's been aggressive attacking the basket. He's not shying away from contact. Like we saw too many times last year. I think right. he would tell you that. I've heard him talk about that. Yeah. At some of the open gyms that, that he was too passive when he got to the rim and he wasn't going up strong. He was, he was trying to avoid the shot blocker. He was trying to. He's doing a lot know, of acrobatic stuff. Yeah. Just acrobatics to avoid contact. Like, no, right. when you get to the rim, attack strong and try to finish. He right. shot the ball. Well, he's passed the ball. Well, um, he's played good defense. So he is to this point from what I've seen in open gyms, having a really good start to the summer. Right. How does that translate? Who knows, but it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility to think a guy with his level of talent is going to take a step in his fourth year in the program. We've seen it before. It's not completely out of the realm of possibility. Justin Jennifer made a big one his, his final year. Yeah, especially as a shooter. Like you really saw from his junior to his senior year, he took a leap because Troy was gone and it was it was required of him and he needed to be a more important, a more critical player. Um, I, I, I get the sense watching these open gyms. There's a lot of guys looking around right now and saying, shit, I better bring it. Because the talent level is completely different. Right. And, and, you know, you even saw Wes kind of kind of piggyback on what you just mentioned, the fact that, you know, who who kind of puts the cap on when players stop, you know, developing? Uh, who says that, you know, you have to develop between your freshman to sophomore year, your sophomore to junior year? Why can't you develop in your junior to senior year? Or if you stay for – quote, unquote, the COVID year these days, who says you can't develop at that point as well? And I think he, he – Wes doesn't say anything like that, quotes like that. I think it was on The Athletic. I don't know if it was with him and Brandon or, or, or if it was with Justin, but it was with one of them. Um, you know, you don't really see or, – or Brian Hamilton, pardon me. Um, you, don't, you don't see Wes throw out thoughts like that without kind of some merit behind it. So he has probably seen – you know, maybe during his time at UNCG or maybe during his time as, as Chad opens up a nice uh, bottle of something, little, little bottle of brown there, getting ready to pour himself a little tasty on top of uh, some some cubes, I, I believe. But I'm getting some ice in my water. That's all. Understand. understand. Plenty of ASMR. Yes. The uh, <laughs> man, your water jug's got that weird cork sound to it. But anyway, <laughs> it's uh it's, it's uh it's 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 from a a natural spring. Oh, you got to okay. keep you got to keep the cork in it. Gosh, that's great. That's great. But yeah. I it it seems as if Wes has had some experience where these players can make a jump later in their careers. And so you know whether it's you know JD, whether it's is Mike Adams Woods. I I, I think he firmly believes that players later in their career can definitely still make that big step in their development. So. We'll see if, if Michael lives up to that. We'll see if JD lives up to that. But I'm I'm interested to see because 
obviously, whatever they can bring you on top of all these new additions, that's just cherry on top, I would say. Yeah, like he's gonna he's gonna have a lot of toys to play with. It's gonna be really interesting to see how some of this plays out. Mm-hmm. Because I, I I do think like there is a like if you're talking getting the most talent on the floor, maybe it is with David DeJulius at point guard and trying to figure out what three players are the right fit between the two, three, and four position. Like Aaron and I have talked about, Brent. Yeah. There's seven guys on this roster that can play the four. Right. Seven. Yep. Minimum seven, maybe more. Seven guys on this roster that can play the four. What what did we talk about last year? There's just not enough length, athleticism, versatility. Mm-hmm. You're going to have that now. Mm-hmm. Like You're going to have the ability to play a bunch of different guys at the three, a bunch of different guys at the four. What's going to be interesting is how does that impact everybody's minutes? Is everybody okay with how that impacts their minutes? Right. How much is he able to establish that culture of, you know what? Winning is what matters. Yeah. Winning is the ultimate end game. Yeah. And if and if that requires everybody playing 26 minutes or less, then it requires everybody playing 26 minutes or less. If it requires identifying a top five or six, and those top five or six play 30 minutes and everybody else slots in after, then that's what it requires. Like there's just a million different ways that this potentially is going to go as we get closer to the season. Everybody's here. I can't wait to see Dan and how Dan fits in. Yeah. Um, Now that he's officially on campus and ready to go, the whole roster is ready to go from what I heard. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like I said, Hensley's expected back full go this week. John Newman, after a little bit of an injury, is expected either back this week or at the start of next week. And that would mean all 13 guys on the floor, ready to go in June or the start of July or however you want to look at it, 13 talented dudes. And for the first time, it it feels like in a long time, we have so many storylines that are positive about the basketball team, right? Ooh, been a while. I'm excited. Yeah, it's – and and I'll be honest, listening to your to your guys' nightcaps and a little bit of on the BCA pod, I think you guys are a little excited, a little optimistic going into this. Year. Look, it just looks different, man. And watch an open gym. It, when, I mean, you haven't seen open gym yet, but I'm talking about right. like in person. Yeah, it looks different watching what's on the floor, yeah. watching the length and athleticism and the the skill and the ability to do a bunch of different things that just weren't. They weren't possible last year. They weren't there. Like the, yeah. you, you couldn't dial it up. I, I perfect, perfect thing that was mentioned to me this week. There's two guys under six five on this roster. Yeah, two. Look, Brent, everybody else is six five minimum to seven one. Brent, I feel about this basketball team the way you feel about Brady. New look. And damn, it looks good. Right? And, and, you know, I think you you sprinkle in the fact that... You even that, like the soul patch. There we go. Of I, this basketball team. Well, whatever I think that you, means. I think you sprinkle in the the 
fact that Sage Tolentino showed up better than expected. You you sprinkle in the fact that the, just the a highest... little farther along, right? right. Body wise, like you know, up 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 around a weight that's a lot. He, he doesn't look skinny, right? Um, he still has a ways to go. He still has a lot to work on, but physically, yeah, he looks like he's pretty close to ready. And and then you you toss in all this talk about you know Jarrett Hensley and, and and all these other players. You know, I I mentioned on a previous pod you you talk about this player, and then all of a sudden you you remember you're like, well, I got to talk about this player a little bit too, and then you say. Oh wait, what about this guy? And then Shit, now, right? And now, now we're we're at forty minutes talking about guys. Yes. And now the <laughs> highest rated recruit from this class, who everyone Henry. is so excited yeah. to see, finally joins the mix. Right. And it's just, I mean, you you put it all together, and like you said, Aaron, my wait, I said the the blood's rushing out of my head or whatnot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll Which one? It's just it's not rushing out. It's just redirecting. All right. Anyway, let's go ahead and uh, timestamp this, and then we'll uh, we'll dive into this mailbag real quick. All right. Um, did you know Urban Artifacts Building, the historic St. Patrick's Church, is 150 years old? They operate their tap room in the basement, and upstairs they offer the reliquary and event wow. space. Not bad. Not bad. Very Swing good. by Urban Artifacts Northside Tap Room, mention Bearcat Journal, get two dollars off a flight of four days. You know what I mean? Peaches and cream. was not your forte. No. How are we? <laughs> hey, your how forte. are we? You, you uh, missed the how are we, Chad. I did it, man. Did I'm though? sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I guess he kind of really did. I think I threw All it right. more times. So I, I didn't really eliminate any questions, so we'll see where these conversations go. And as the answers go, um, I'm, I don't really want to do this much longer than two and a half hours, if I'm being completely honest. No, we'll, we'll yeah. keep it. We'll be quick. We'll be quick. I'll keep it quick. I'll keep my answers quick. I usually, I usually don't give long answers. Yeah, sure. Uh, expecting any other prospects visiting alongside Malik Elzey? Not at this point. All right, easy enough. How does the staff balance between the big selling point of staying home and becoming a hometown hero? We asked Brady this question, but I want, did want to get your take on this. Uh, with trying to convince kids that aren't from the area state that they need to leave. Uh, every kid's recruiting pitch is different. Has to be. Like, I, yeah, like you're you're talking to each kid about something. Well, here's the thing. Like the, the Detroit kids, that sales pitch has gotten pretty easy, right? We took one of yours, turned him into one of ours. And now he's worth like fifty million dollars, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> that's how you do that. Success, success is how you do it. Uh, do you think we will have an over or under for two twenty-five points in recruiting for this year when it's all said and done? Uh, the class currently stands at two hundred three. They got an update today. It's a two hundred three. Quite the abuse for some under. players, by the way. I mean, on three and rivals did updates this week, and mm -hmm. they were very favorable to the Bearcats. Um, so there was a pretty big jump in the uh, the score. I, I'll it, it probably won't be popular, but I'll say they end up coming in, in a, a, a little bit under, not much, but I think uh, I'll go on record. I predict twenty twenty four. Is the year they break that 225? Crack the top 20 this year, probably not. No, 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 next year. Yeah, yeah sure. 
I don't know what it looks like yet, but I'm shot in the dark. All right. How would you predict the finish of the new Big 12 members in the first five years in the new conference? Does your your opinion change if you expand it to include the first 10 to 15 years? What the the fuck are we talking about here? Let's let's get in first. Like let's let's officially get in before we're oh, we're officially see- in. Well, I mean, like let's see how we stack up in our first year before we're even making projections. How am I supposed? Am I just supposed to go year by year? Well, and predict where each team is going to finish. And you well, know, Texas for the first Tech's five got years? a good recruiting class. So yeah. Well, I think in twenty twenty seven, TCU. Who knows? Who knows what, TCU sneaky in twenty twenty seven. Who knows what coaching changes are between now and then and and not just at Cincinnati but for the entirety of the Big 12 can we, at that can point. we just say that it I would say it's safe <laughs> safe that since he's in the first in in, in in the top five for the first five years. I, I think I, I've talked about this before. I, I think coming in Baylor and Oklahoma State are the ones you really have to keep an eye on at the top of the conference. Um, I guess those first and I two think years, Cincinnati slid, Oklahoma, slid, and Texas as well. Well, I'm just talking about the new Big 12 members. Yeah, the new this, Big is, 12, the, yeah. this question is the new Big 12 members. Right. I think Baylor and Oklahoma State are kind of positioned as like the lead dogs in the pack. I think Cincinnati comes in right there in that next little grouping with a chance to move ahead. Tech's above us right now in in the recruiting rankings. Yeah. So, Mark Mark B uh, has, says K State in 2023. Put a mortgage on it. That's a 2031. Yeah, what, Kansas State. What, what heck of a future right there? Because <laughs> since you'll have uh, Terry Nelson's son going into senior, <laughs> off, right? Well played. Come on, man. Like I love you, I love you, Cincy Thoroughbred. But what are we? What am I supposed to do with that? Listen, Cincy Thoroughbred had about six questions, I think, in the mailbag. This was not his best. Fifteen, his fifteen years yeah. from now is twenty thirty seven. How the fuck do I? I'm not even going to be alive in twenty thirty seven. Do you see my lifestyle? That. Shit. Yeah. Aaron will have like. a. Aaron will have a high schooler. At that point, Jesus, uh, who do you expect to have a better Bearcats baseball career, Tyler Gillison or Amari Snowden? I, there's no guarantee that, that Gillison plays baseball. Snowden, so the easy answer, Snowden in fully intends to play baseball and has had those conversations with the baseball staff. Snowden. And and he just looks the part, baseball player. Man, man, I know if I walked onto a baseball diamond and I was a very good baseball player. I won a city championship, in case you haven't heard. And I saw Amari Snowden on the mound. I'd be like, oh, shit. <laughs> it's going to be a, might be might be a long day at the office with that kid on the mound. Like uh, Amari Snowden. All right. This next question is probably going to be one we have to take a little time on. Bob Huggins is probably our most famous slash successful coach. How many take, hold on. more wins? I'm going to have to get some of that water. How many more <laughs> wins and or seasons of success before Luke is the undisputed king of Bearcat sports? How many more for a statue? I know what I think, and I'll let you guys go first. He will he will become the all-time wins leader in football this year. Luke Fickle. Right. Uh, Bob Huggins doesn't have a statue. Now, some of that is probably the fault of 
Bob Huggins because when it comes to getting a statue, it's hard. So if you want a statue, you got it. You know, you got to win games. That's hard. You gotta you gotta not throw up outside your window with the police cameras on. Oh, no, that's hard. It's hard. <laughs> like all the things you got to do to get a statue, it's hard. I I would build Luke a statue right fucking now. Yeah, if we're like if we're being honest with the the Big Twelve, the indoor practice facility, recruiting, the wins, the college football playoff, putting Cincinnati in a position to be talked about as an elite football program. Football drives the bus. Football is where the money is made. I I, I would build him a statue right now, but King of Bearcats Sports. Ultimately. Bob Huggins was here, what, 16 years? Yeah, I want to say longevity is the, the main Longevity, thing. like if Luke gets to a decade. 10 years, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yep. If Luke gets to a decade and continues this trajectory. Say he wins three or or two Big 12 titles. How about that? Yeah. Can, I, can we put his statue right on top of the Calhoun building, though? Like, <laughs> just right there. Um, what, what is Luke's statue? Is it hanging from the rafters at ECU? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fantastic. Um, Definitely the best with the team on the back. So I, I dissected this question a little bit differently. The question asks who's going to be the undisputed king of Bearcat sports. And I think that you have a certain. That's following. always Oscar. Well, you have a certain following that is basketball-oriented and only basketball-oriented, even with the success of sure. the football program. Sure. So you will not. You'll never sway those people. That said, not. that said, I, I don't think you're ever really going to have an undisputed. But I think that Luke Fickle has done a hell of a job both on and off the field to deserve all the praise that he has gotten. Here's the thing with Luke: where's the flaw? Where's the where's the the kink in the armor? He could have run several times. Yeah, you know, it's it it is funny to think about that because all the national media, you know, I was listening to a podcast, a really good podcast, Still. the Yahoo Still, podcast, you know, and, and and Pat Forty's just mentioning he's like he's like you know I I never expected Luke to still be here and and Luke's none still of us there. did, yeah yeah and and it's just you know I, and and then Forty was like he might be gone next year for all I know but for now he's there and and it's just like you know at this point maybe Luke in his mind is like you know what. He preaches that he can do everything that he he's can do told at, us. At any other, yeah, at any other place in the country, without the pressure from boosters, he can do it here at Cincinnati. If you listen to him talk, he has told us the answer. Yeah, as I'm long as I feel there is a challenge, as long as I feel there is something to win, right? Luke Fickle is the most competitive human I know. Yeah, that's the only way you become an elite level wrestler. Like, if you are insanely competitive, he is insanely competitive. And competitors react to challenges, right? Yeah. So, as long as he feels like there continues to be a legitimate challenge, then he'll stay. And when he feels like that challenge has waned and his competitive juices require more. Right then he'll look for something else. I, and I don't think he's close. I think going into the Big 12, there's a new challenge on the horizon. Well, Senior Night Temple, 
there the the turnout in the crowd was pathetic. It it was. Now all he was sudden, pissed. I know yeah. I've taken a lot of heat for that. He was pissed at well, the home attendance for those final two games. What happened today? Sold out season <laughs> right. ticket allotment. And then all of a sudden, mainly you know, because and, of me bitching on Twitter <laughs> back then. And then, and then you take into the fact that you know he he could be doing all this winning, all this building, and then he could say, you know, hey, we need this this uh, practice facility built. Can you guys get on this? And and some if if some you know people didn't see it as as a need or something that should be done, then they could have said, you know what, we'll we'll piggy, you know, we'll. We'll put that in the back, you know. We'll we'll back order. We'll try and figure it out as as the years progress. But no, immediately they got on it. They you know they've been trying to progressively get it done. You know it it, it just seems as if all of the things that go into being a, a high level program, they've been answered on on both sides. And you know sometimes it takes a little bit of back and forth. Sometimes it takes this that and the other. But it it seems as if for the most part he's he's getting the returns that he is kind of you know, put in front of the other people to, Hey, live up to this and we can continue growing. And I, I mean, they're growing and it doesn't seem like they're stopping. Anytime continue soon. to present me a challenge and I will continue to meet that challenge. The minute that you see is no longer able to present him a challenge, then he will legitimately start to look for something else, a new challenge Screw right it. now. He still feels challenged. What a national champion. That's all we know. Screw it. So for those of you who are into clipping uh, Chad gifts and memes, uh, the 219 mark is the one to do it. I'm just saying. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, uh, I didn't even want to look at that. I'll be honest. I saw him <laughs> on the screen. I was like, I can't stare into those eyes right there. Just saying. Dude, I've been going all day. Like, I'm, I'm at like 14 hours already. Let's go. Uh, can we know who the host players were for the recruits this week? Would love to know who pulled through hosting Amari and who had a crack at the others. Uh, I do not know that specific answer at the moment. Um, usually, like I've been finding that out at camp, like Sunday, last Sunday at camp, everybody was bragging about who they hosted and they got their guy to commit. That's obviously also because nine of 11 uh, of the kids that were at that official visit weekend committed. So everybody was looking for like a one up. Um, it looked like Watley was in some pictures with, Watley um, hosted Jalen Thompson for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Watley has become one of their key like defensive line guys. If they have a defensive lineman, I think he hosted Kamari Burns as well. Um, Watley for the defensive line. Uh, JQ has been hosting the corners or at least like a portion of the corners. Sammy Anderson has been hosting uh, cornerbacks. Uh, wide receivers. Chris uh, Chris Scott has taken a lot of pride in that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that's a fun thing to watch from those guys. Yeah. The guys that are like geeked up about, uh, I want to host, like, I, I, I want to get this guy. JQ as a freshman who came in as an early enrollee who would just be getting here. <laughs> right. By is, the way, is, is a host because he is all in, man. He is all in wild. Yeah. All right, what's uh? That's the football portion of the mailbag. The rest of the stuff was in the Brady segment. Um, but Chad, what oh, is boy. what's your favorite Mick Cronin story that you're allowed to share? Oh boy, Chad, why you think? I'll say a real quick one. 
Um, one of his last games uh, coaching UC at, at Fifth Third, because I was, I was going to these as a fan, so I would, like, you know, get intoxicated, have a good time. And, and like then I've I would, seen Aaron in that state a few times. Right. <laughs> and then I would, like, wait and just watch the players come out so I could kind of sober up before I would drive back to Indianapolis. And uh, and so uh, I went down on the court, threw my arm around Mick, got a picture with him, and I turned to him, and I was like – and because because he somewhat looks like my dad, not really, but kind of a little bit of a look to your, him. Your dad, you, the – Former wrestler? State yeah. champion UC wrestler. Yeah, okay. So, so I – I put my arm around Mick. I was like, I was like, you know what, Mick, you kind of look like my dad a little bit. And and Mick looked back at me and he said, your dad must be a pretty good looking guy. And I was just like, gosh, this guy, that was quick. That was beautiful. So that's a, that's one of my mixed stories. Brent's just in love with anyone who wears a C-Paw at this point. <laughs> hey man. Hey man. We're one big. Happy um, oh goodness. How much trouble do I want to get myself into here? Uh, I'll tell the story of no, I won't tell that story. That's gonna get oh. me in a lot of trouble. I won't. Oh, let it out. That was all for effect. He knew he wasn't telling that story. Um, He's I, I want to tell that story, but I'm going to LA next week. <laughs> I don't want that story to come back and bite me in the ass. Um, I, I one of my favorites is from uh, this spring when. Uh, we were in Indy and watching Isaiah Collier. Like well, I was on Isaiah Collier watch when the EYBL was in Indy. <laughs> and one of the knocks on Collier has been his, his three point shooting. Is he, you know, he's an elite passer and he's an elite, like get in the lane and, and find guys, but is he enough of a shooter to stretch the defense and really make teams like, not be able to sag off of them. So I'm standing with Mick and we're watching Collier and Collier goes six for 12 from three in the game. Like, and it's just banging shots from deep. And every time he made a three, I looked at Mick and I was like, you didn't see that. (laughs) And he was like, I'm not who you need to worry about. It's everybody else standing around this. Like I've been on this kid for a long time. Was that when Juwan Howard back, was there? Yeah, Juwan Howard was that like there was there was a shit ton of high major. It was a it was a high end game. There was like eight or twelve high end high level head coaches. Oh, oh. Who's who? I'm gonna kill Kelsey right now. Oh, I'm calm down, Mick. Strangle her. A real who's right who, if you will. She purposely just walked right through my office, left the door wide open, let the dogs come in and start barking out the window. Are you podcasting? Yes, I'm podcasting. And yes, you're grounded. Yeah. Life's a bitch. Um, but it was it was kind of just like the running joke that entire game. Every time he made a three, I was like, you didn't see that. And he was like, I'm not who you need to worry about. I'm already in on this kid. I've already got my hat in the ring. What you need to worry about is the 12 other guys <laughs> that, that, that are now watching this kid play and going, oh, shit, he can shoot. <laughs> so that that's my favorite most recent uh, Mick Cronin story. Elite speed? No, not elite speed. Just elite ability to play the point guard position. I think that was Sometimes that's more important than just grabbing the basketball and running in-to-end. 
Police speed took his callus to Utah. How about that? No no updates currently on 2023. We're we're getting ready to go into a high school evaluation period where uh, coaches can go out on the road starting this weekend and watch kids play with their high school team. Uh, It's going to be vacation time for me, so I'm not going to be on the road this weekend and next weekend. Uh, But I will still be working the phones and gathering information uh, as much as possible. And I, I, my daughter is now grounded because I was going to say, if you're not, if you're not in jail for, for having murdered your daughter, everything was fine. And then she just decided she needed to stroll through the office and let the dogs stroll through the office with her. Unbelievable. All right. Um, this was also in the, in the basketball mailbag. Uh, do I have you think no women, idea. Women's basketball coach MCH is on the hot seat since he has blue chip girls every year and they never go to UC. I have no idea. They did get a really good one. I know an Abby Holtman. Uh, I only know that for 2023. I only know that because uh, I grew up with her mom and I was really good friends with her mom and her mom's sister. Uh, But she is an elite shooter. I will tell you this about Abby Holtman. If they held a three-point shooting contest today, I think Abby Holtman might win (laughs) based on the, like everybody that's in the UC roster. She is a big-time shooter. Uh, her uncle actually played on my city championship baseball team. Just all sorts that? of family revelations tonight. Goodness. That? <laughs> all right. And the last portion of the mailbag, oh, boy, the here we go. Banks mailbag. Uh, Skin said, sorry for missing last week. I was busy scouting our camping trip in Athens, Ohio area. <laughs> only, only doing rapid fire this week. Uh, friends or literally any other TV show? I'm going any other TV show. Yeah, I like Friends, but it's not elite for me. Yeah. Any other. Gosh, there's been so many good shows. Uh, Cheetos or Fritos? Cheetos, especially the jalapeno cheddar for me. Chili and cheese Fritos are elite, but I'm a Cheetos guy too. So that's a tough call. Uh, I would take regular, just a bag of regular Cheetos over just about anything. There's just so many Cheetos, man. Crunchy or or puffed? Crunchy. Uh, Cheesy poofs are, that's that's elite. Jam. All right. Uh, And is party source in Newport like going to a toy store as a kid, but for adults? A hundred percent. Because they have cachaça. They have everything. Any of you guys and had cachaça? Giant Grippo's bags. What? Well, yeah. Cachaça. What's, have you ever had cachaça? Cachaça is basically, um, it's Brazilian. Uh, it's made like tequila, but instead of uh, agave, it's made with sugar cane. It's all the rage right now, especially out in LA. It's all they're talking about on any of the reality TV shows. Gaspacha. It's a, there's a, it's a drink. Called, I, I say it wrong. Capanea. Capanea. It's it's uh, cachaça and Bobby lime and, and mint and sugar, and it's muddled, oh. and it is a phenomenal drink. I used to drink it a ton uh, back when I was in my 20s, and it is fucking delicious. And the only place you could get it was the party source in Newport. Capo Bianco? Okay, sure. All right. uh, Next question. What's more likely, the Bengals winning the AFC North or UC winning the AAC football championship this year? So this came from from a quote uh, from 
from Audie Elmore today on Cincy 360. He said, easily, basically easily, the bet, there was a guy that left a, a talk back that said he was going to Vegas and he was betting Bengals AFC North and UC for the AAC championship. And Audie, who's a giant Ohio State homer, said easily Bengals AFC North. I don't know that it's easily. I think it's really close. I would probably give a slight edge to UC, although one caller to the show today did make a great point. The Bengals have Joe Burrow, and that makes winning the AFC North more likely for the Bengals than the Bearcats that are still trying to figure out the equation at quarterback. So maybe I go slight edge Bengals, but to say easily Bengals – that's just a dickhead Ohio State thing to say. Uh, <laughs> I go. I actually go UC winning the AC championship um, only because, and only because, winning the AFC North is very, very difficult. Of course, Pittsburgh in the last twenty-five years or something absurd has not finished fourth place. At Mike all. Tomlin has never had a record under five hundred in his entire coaching career. Um, so, so you have that. Nobody knows what's going on in Cleveland at this point, um, and that's just a mess all its own. Uh, Baltimore still has a former MVP. They have a great roster that was ravaged by injuries last year. Healthy J.K. Dobbins. Uh, yeah, like, mean, yeah. if they're healthy, Baltimore is legit. I, I just don't know that it's easy to win the AFC North. Uh, it's not easy to repeat as AFC North champions. It's hard. And, <laughs> I was trying to avoid that, um, but but no, I, I think I think it's much. I think the path is much more clear for Cincinnati to they win get, the AAC than it is going to be for the Bengals. They're going to have U, UCF on the road, which is that's hard. Yeah, winning winning at the bounce house is hard. Yeah, without a parking and, lot, and and beating Houston in the championship game will be hard. I think. Hard. I think the but, main thing will be how the Bengals respond to the whole thing that the Bearcats had to go through going from the hunter to now being the, the hunted. hunted. Right. So, you know, now, now people aren't going to see the Bengals on their, on their schedule and be like, okay, this one easy win. You know, now they're going to look at it and be like, okay, defending Super Bowl, One of the best teams in football. One of the best teams yeah. in football. One of the best quarterbacks in football. Let's go out there and let's, let's shut them up. So, and, and I when think. He, Jeff, Jeff, Joffrey, Joffrey. GR. Winning, winning it is hard. hard. It's hard. It's hard. Winning is hard. hard. Uh, Boston or Golden State and why? I don't even care if we get to why, but uh, I got I got Golden State. Tonight is – tonight, Golden State right now is up 49-38. Didn't uh, even know that. Going into halftime. Mm. If, if Golden State wins game five and goes up 3-2 with game seven at Golden State, I – Boston's not going to win this series. Boston's going to have to find a way to win tonight to win the series. If it's 3-2 Golden State, there's I don't see any chance Boston wins out and takes a series. Yeah, I mean, I I just Golden State just oh, Draymond Green. Oh gosh. I mean, my my heart says Boston, my head says Golden State. All right, so this question is it's a long read. Um, Zach Jones hits me with these, I feel like, about every second or third week. But I think this one's worth reading. 
um, even though it is long. All the recent Big 12 talk has got me thinking about future opponents UC will face. I have a question about one of them that you guys might be able to shed some light on. How the heck does a school like BYU recruit kids if they're pretty strict on campus and require students to go on two-year mission trips? If I'm a stud football or basketball player in Utah, why would I choose to go there as opposed to a place like Utah State that doesn't have those restrictions? Is there just a huge pool of Mormon super athletes? That's why I wanted to read this. Uh, I'm missing out on how have they stayed competitive against Power 5 teams with these restrictions in ways that programs like Army and Navy have not been able to? Mormon super-athletes. I mean, that's a very intriguing point to bring up. It's a, it's a question I don't know the answer to. I've never really understood the whole BYU thing. I don't know if it's a you're, um, you're raised in it, and I don't know. I don't know how it works. Well, I mean, the, the 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 Mormon thing is you have to take a two year mission, right? Which means that every player that reaches the end of their career is two years older, pretty much than everyone else in college sports. You can't beat that. Like, there's not much you can do to combat that. Unless you recruit an entire roster of kids that graduated high school, went to prep school, came to your program, and then redshirted. And then now you're on kind of a, a similar plane when you're dealing with, you know, playing against, when you play against BYU, you're playing against guys that are in their 23, 24, 25-year-old range, as opposed to playing against guys that are 21, 22. There you go. Um, and the last question in the mailbag, wrapping it up, what would be less frustrating, eating soup with a fork or a steak with a spoon? Do I get a knife? <laughs> I'm going to say no. You get one utensil. Uh, one is a fork for the soup and steak with well, a spoon. You, well, you can pick up the steak and then you can drink the soup. Right. You can drink the soup if you have a fork. Like It just depends on the soup, I guess. How hearty is the soup? Well, what if you can't use your hands? So, or as far as outside of just on the utensil. So, I guess here's the thing that's a, like people would say, "Eat the soup like a dog," because they think dogs just like they make a bowl with their tongue, with the back of their tongue. It's wild if you watch it in if slow you motion. Watch in slow motion what a yeah. dog does with yeah. their tongue. You saw it's the same video. Fucking I did. unbelievable! It's, it's fucking unbelievable! Crazy. They do not eat it like we think. Like, they do not drink like we think they drink. We think they drink this nope. way. Nope. They drink like a fucking elephant with the trunk, right? Like, it's crazy. So, uh, I don't know that I could eat a soup. With a fork? I, with, a, with a fork, uh, if, I, if I don't get to just, if I could just pick it up and drink it. Depends on how, how tender the steak is, too. Some, some steaks, you, you might be able to, with little effort get through with with a spoon yeah i mean if you're if you're eating a jeff ruby's you could probably eat a steak with a spoon if you're eating at my house you could probably eat a steak with a spoon a nice chopped um, steak <laughs> <laughs> i just need to know like do i get a knife on the steak all right can i use my hands with the soup fi final answer which is going to be less fresh less frustrating Probably the steak. Probably the steak. 
Like if I got to pick the steak up off the the plate with my mouth and just start. My man, Zach, you are welcome for reading a novel of a question. Thank you for the $1.99 for reading your novel. Hopefully the answer was adequate. I'm there with you because, yeah, like dunking your face in the bowl is a lot harder than just going all in and and taking a big bite with your mouth of the steak. Oh, Oh, I mean, if I get a knife. Then done, done, done. Steak deal. with a steak with a knife and a spoon. Hold, like, hold, the, hold the spoon. Hold the spoon. You're cut good. Cut it with the steak, or cut it with the knife. You can just stab it with the knife. And eat it. Yeah, yeah. Like you, or you question. could just stab it with the knife and eat it like that. You you ruined your own question, Mark. That's the yeah. I'm trying to figure out how to get these banners out of here. There we go. Mormons <laughs> be wild, <laughs> dude. Zach, I agree. that's the mailbag. I agree. I don't understand. That was but, that was an ep- another epic show. I I don't know. Like I'm gonna be honest. I don't. We're getting know close what, to three hour shows now. Good God! In the off season, I don't know what the plan is for next Monday. We'll be fine. We'll figure it out. If we do end up with Royer, especially, we'll be coasting. Okay. I I have decided. I I thought for a while that I was gonna pa- try to power through and do these shows while I was on vacation. But five o'clock, me telling the wife, well, I'm going to go in here and be busy for two hours. Here, Here's another idea, Chad. If we can't get Royer, um, we do have a sponsor who just sent a shipment of Urban Artifact. You want to get Scotty? No, 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 no. I was going to oh, say, okay. I was going to say Mick. There's been a lot okay. going on. There's been a lot going on. And if he wanted to, uh, hop on here and and drink some urban artifact with us and uh, discuss what's been going on in recruiting and get a little deeper dive into uh, last weekend, the first weekend, and uh... I don't know, man. He's really busy with Purdue stuff. I don't know how much he even knows anymore. <laughs> he, it, it's it's kind of weighing him down. We'll figure it out. <laughs> I I think... I think Scotty would be like get Scotty in here to to talk urban artifact. To talk some real urban artifact and and some Bearcats. Have a, have a tasting as we're right, right. As you guys, as you guys are like doing the show, now you can try the, the uh, what's it? What's it called? Waft the first waft first. The, well, the the new one or the, the the super strong the astronaut food. Astronaut food. Yeah, you could try the astronaut food with Scotty. You know, you could have tastings. Like it could be a real a real like gentleman's type show next week. I don't know. We'll, we'll I, figure I'm, it out. We got some ideas. We'll, we'll see which one yeah. pans out. Yeah, we'll see which one pans out. Uh, nightcaps. I'm going to try to still do those with Aaron next week. Um, we'll figure it out. I, I I don't know how open Aaron is to doing nightcaps at like ten o'clock Pacific when we get back from whatever it is that we're doing. Well, I mean, uh, un- I, until I just, until July 25th, I, I think we I have some some nights I can stay up a little later than. You know what I you know what I was doing earlier? Uh when I had my my screen muted and uh blocked no. off. Uh I I booked we're going to San Diego on that on next Wednesday for a Padres game at 110. Oh. I was told I, I was I was looking to go to one of like one of the three stadiums, the Dodgers, the Angels, or the Padres. Um Kelsey, for some reason, she started going to baseball games lately, and she loves baseball games. Now, 
Sorry, but she's picking one of three. She's also grounded, so. Yeah, she's well, she's grounded for the rest of this week for the dog fiasco. Uh, but I found some seats down the third baseline in San Diego on Wednesday for like a 110 uh, first pitch out there against the Diamondbacks. So I was buying those and like getting that all locked up so that I didn't log on tomorrow and those seats were gone. I had to buy, there's only three of us. I wasn't allowed to buy three seats. I had to buy four. I bought an extra seat. So if anybody's in San Diego and wants to go to the game with us uh, next Wednesday at 110, just let me know. Just take Sasna. He lives in LA. I live in San Diego. I'm going to need somebody in San Diego. Yeah, but he's got Detroit money now. So. Yeah, you're right. I'm going to kidnap Sasna and take him to the Padres game in San Diego next Wednesday. Uh, yeah. That, right. We'll figure out something for next week. I don't know what the answer is going to be. Mo is filling in for me on Wednesday of next week with Dave. Mo and Dave for a podcast? Oh, boy. Should be fun. That might, <laughs> that might be just uh, who knows what that's going to be. Should be fun uh, to produce. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I've compensated Mo well to fill in for me next Wednesday. We'll see what happens with you guys next Monday and the nightcaps and whatever, but the content never stops uh, even when I'm on uh, vacation. Amen. Frank, get us out of here. Well, that was a good one. Another great one. Uh, special thanks, of course, to uh, our boy, Brady Collins. Special thanks to Danco Transmissions, Urban Artifact. We'll we'll close it out one last Urban Artifact timestamp. Bada bing, bada boom. Oh, come on, Brent. Uh, are you curious to explore what lies beyond standard craft beer? Take a trip yeah. to Urban Artifact. They don't make beer. They make fruit tarts. Yes, sir. Get your cocktail. Fruit. Cocktail. Fruit. Come see what the world of real fruit beer has to offer. Swing by Urban Artifact's Northside Tap Room. Mention Bearcat Journal. Get $2 off a flight of four tasters and some, some peaches and cream. There you go. And, of course, for my good buddies, my pals, my PICs. Aaron and our buddy, Danco Joe. Yes. Aaron Smith and Chad Bruno. I am Brent Young. This is yet again another fantastic BBP presented by BearcatJournal.com. Sip!